What's good, y'all? We back here with another episode of Talent the Raw, man. And um, I know, I know, probably everyone that's tuning in won't even know who I have up here, which is which is perfectly fine. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the idea of it. And um, every time I would start the episode, I, I always introduce how we met, right? Gotcha. And we and me and I'll just say a name, Isaac. We met at my job. If you guys know me, I work at a hotel, and I think you were looking for coffee. Yes. You were yeah. looking for coffee, but I don't understand how our conversation even started. You know what I mean? Like, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't really pinpoint, like, how everything started. Uh, it's a little bit my fault. Um, oh, it's all good, man. It was a slow yeah. day. Trust. It was a slow day. <laughs> well, that, I mean, so so... What I was really doing is I came downstairs because I had a room by myself, uh, um, and uh, I'm still doing a lot of exploring. Boston's yeah. pretty new to me. Yeah. So uh, I came downstairs looking for a coffee shop because in the morning, that's where you're going to get the most activity of mm. people. So I didn't really care all that much about the coffee. Yeah. It was about finding people. Wow. Um, because I was like, oh, okay, cool. I can go find somebody from a new place to interact with. That's yeah. what I'm actually after. And uh, so, you know, passed by the, the front desk because you guys kind of know the lay of the land, asked for uh, uh, spots for coffee. Yeah. And uh, honestly, there wasn't really uh, anybody at, at really? any of the coffee places. So wow. got my coffee and came back through. The yeah. You were still there. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, maybe uh, it doesn't look like you guys were too busy. Uh, super slow Say, day, man. Super slow day. But yeah, um, we started talking a little bit about your profession. Uh, what you like to do, uh, the reason why you were here or there, I have to say, and uh, what you were pretty much looking for. And it threw me way off because I was like, I'm like, this is unheard of. You know I me? Mean? Because me personally, being from where I'm from, like, we don't even experience, like we don't even have people who um, who do what you did or do what you do at this, at this time. But what you do is called... Um, Rooftoping, correct? Yes. Yeah. So rooftoping, yeah. urban exploring, parkour. I do all of it. Yeah. Uh, but interesting. I mean, so that's that's still just a hobby. Uh, really? That's not even my primary occupation. My primary occupation is um, I'm a biomechanics specialist and mm. preventative health specialist. Wow. So I fix all things human body inside and out. Mm. So, okay. That just opened up another lane of questions that I don't even think none of us were prepared for like that's over the whole new route. But yeah, so to stay on the topic of rooftoping, right? Yeah. When you came down and you showed me the pictures of of like these beautiful pictures that you took, and I'm like, these look so good. Like these are amazing pictures. And then when you left, I'm like, those looked a little too good. <laughs> I, I got I got a little jealous. I was like, those look a little too good, right? And then you came down again and showed us videos. Yeah. Wow. I brought you some show and tell. Wow. That is crazy. That was in Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. I've I've been showing people this picture and they're like, they're like, yeah, he's crazy. I'm like, <laughs> crazy isn't even the word. But anyway. So. And I'm like, he could easily be lying. And then you show me the video. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. He's not lying, clearly. But um what made you like really want to jump into that? Because it's like, that's not really something that people would just be like, I'm going to try to do that. And then they actually do it. 
That's fair. And, uh, you know, honestly, it, it wasn't really a jump into. It's mm-hmm. just what I've been doing since I was knee high to a duck's behind. Uh, uh, since I was a little wow. kid, yeah. it was just whatever is the tallest thing, you get on top of it, period. That was like a game I had made for myself since, I mean, I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my parents used to joke, they're like, as soon as we turned around, Isaac's shoes were gone. He was up a tree. <laughs> um, just, I, I hated shoes and I wanted to get up on yeah. top of whatever was around. Yeah. Um, when I got into schools that I don't think I've ever attended a school I haven't been on top of. Really? Um, just, okay, that's the biggest thing. Now you get on top of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just kind of, uh, you know, in towns that I grew up, uh, like I, uh, I grew up in this small town in, in Wisconsin or spent some time there and, uh, we got on top of all the factory buildings there. Cause if you look at them, all the pipes and yeah. it, it, they look like a jungle gym. Um, so is that kind of like how you see it when you, when you see like a building or like the inside of it and seeing how it was like really built? Are you looking like, all right, I can put my foot there, then I can climb up in there and hold on to that? Is, is that how you view yeah, it? Yeah, it's all very practical. You, mm-hmm. you mean, especially as you progress in it, you remove all of the, uh, um, the judgments mm-hmm. about it all. Like, oh, that's intimidating, or yeah, I can't crazy. do that. You're just like, can I? Yes or no? Like, wow. um, and uh, so, you know, the, especially training parkour, that really shortens the gap between yeah. like, okay, I know I can make that jump mm-hmm. or no, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot less like test jumps where I'm like, I think I can. Yeah. Um, and then the practical application when you're using it where it really is life or death, you know, I operate in my 70% range. I don't, uh, you know, overstep, uh, overstep mm-hmm. when the, you know, the consequences are, are life and death. Wow. That's crazy. So it's like, how did you build like the fear factor of it? Because it's like when you're climbing, like this is a crazily high. You're not using a harness. You oh, don't have uh, any rope or anything. Well, so there, it's all games. Yeah. It's all, I mean, so, you know, we all play games that other people give to us. We all play games we make up for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, constantly, I mean, I, I'm, I suppose, more aware of that fact. And so I'll intentionally make games through the course of my day, just like random rule sets that you mm-hmm. apply to any context. Yeah. So like, uh, as an example, you know, I'll have uh, one day where I'm like, wake up and, and little kid Isaac is like, all right, we're not using our heels today. Heels don't touch the ground. today. Oh. So see, can you make it the entire day without your heel touching the ground? Um, stupid game, but it's just a physical challenge. It's a random uh, challenge to see can I do that yeah uh, with climbing uh, when we got uh, especially when I started teaming up with other people I was like okay I know my own rules so I don't have to uh, vocalize them but if I'm playing with other people they need to play by yeah. my rules or it's not going to work no. and uh, one of the rules was harnesses ropes any of that kind of stuff that's cheating you can't use any mm. of those that's not fair uh, the only thing uh, PU coated gloves uh, polyurethane uh, that gives you a little bit more grippiness, especially if there's any condensation on the metal, yeah. so especially at height, you'll get uh, more of that. Um, so gloves are okay, but no harnesses, nothing like that. And, um, you know, half the time you had to go up through the building anyway. So mm-hmm. you're in camouflage for wherever you were hitting anyway. So you can't have anything that looks like you're there to climb. Valid. That's super valid. Now, when... So you said when um, you're with other people, you let them know no harnesses, no ropes, no any of that. 
Oh yeah. Is yeah. that like do you treat it more as like a mind trick as as if it's like when we feel like we have on a harness, like it's okay to fall? Well is that why you kind of put that in there or is it for other reasons? I, I think yes, that it's mm-hmm. uh you're saying or I mean at the at the op- onset. I don't trust my own abilities mm. enough. I don't, I'm not responsible enough with my own behavior that I need bumper rails. Exactly. And if you need them, uh, even in theory, then that you're not in the right headspace. Mm. Um, and the one time I climbed and somebody's like, no, no, I really want to do this climb. Just let me bring this just as like a mental safety blanket. It was the scariest climb I've ever done. Really? But I thought he was going to fall so many times. Uh, and he was so, you know, uh, preoccupied with yeah. trying to get the, the safety harness in a good way that he was in more risky positions and scenarios. Wow. And I was like, you're an idiot. Um, and he wasn't. But in, in that context, <laughs> yeah. I did not. Uh, and, and it made me realize, like, no, the the whole point of this is you are actually uh, you're getting into that flow state and you can't be listening to music. You can't be on any stuff. You can't be uh, out of the mode that you're trying to get into. That's I mean, the whole point of doing something mm-hmm. like that in the first place. Definitely. Um, now, did you ever like use this as like an escape route sometimes? Like if you're just been overwhelmed, stressed out, do you just be like, I need to go and get up there or get up something? It, uh, well, especially during peak mm-hmm. uh, time of, of doing this, like when we were just wildly hitting things and, and things nobody else was getting. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, and people would always accuse me. I was like the happiest person they knew. Yeah. Um, and, and I think so much of it was is I had this thing that I was really passionate about and like really just uh, excited uh, to participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there were so many uh, tangents that, that came off of the primary thing, like all of the different people that we got to meet in the interim um, that I would never have crossed paths with otherwise. So that was really amazing to me. Uh, exploring new places was always really great. Uh, I made a uh, a rule that anytime we have a good, uh, you know, day or night of missions, there has to be a victory meal afterwards. Um, so I would always uh, take everybody out to a, a victory meal afterwards mm-hmm. so that we could like debrief. And then that, that moment itself was a, a really incredible thing too. Nice. Um, so it, uh, there, there wasn't really much that, that needed escaping at that time. Cause I was just, uh, so grateful for you know everything that was going on mm-hmm. i think and it uh, definitely helped to change the mindset in all of the other time all of the definitely. negative spaces i'm either thinking about climbing or i'm like man i can't believe we just did that nice. Stoked. that's nice that's nice now let's kind of backtrack to um early isaac like what were you like as a kid like what was your childhood like well the um so I'm originally from Georgia, uh, I'm a Georgia peach, and uh, migrated northward with my family. We wound up in Wisconsin. That was kind of the primary pit stop before yeah. uh, I became an adult. Um, and so throughout childhood, um, we, uh, I guess I was really lucky in that I didn't have helicopter parents uh, or you know, uh, parents that just wanted to be completely involved and oh. in control of everything that happened in my life. Mm-hmm. 
um, they were uh, very involved and, and they did try to control in, you know, different ways that parents do. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I was still able to go out and climb the school. Go yeah. out and climb. I mean, um, you know, there was a pizza hut they used to take us to um, every once in a while. And it had that uh, those fake rocks on the front of yeah. it. And uh, so my brothers and I would always like hurry up and eat our food and ask to be excused and then run outside, go climb up the side of the building and sit on the roof until yeah. uh, our parents were done eating. And, um, you know, they never said, oh, get, come down from yeah. there, get off that. They were like, all right, time to go, guys. Um, and we climbed back down and uh, they let us get hurt, which is another important thing. Very. Kids aren't allowed to get hurt anymore. Yeah, and, which is weird. Well, you see the effect. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not unclear uh and it, it's a lot more than just correlation mm-hmm. like oh kids aren't allowed to put dirt in their mouths they're not allowed to fall down the steps and now everybody has an allergy to something yeah. everybody <laughs> is like the most clumsy yeah it's is wild i kind of felt that because i've been doing taekwondo since i was a kid and like since i was probably like five years old and the way that i was brought up with taekwondo is like if you are not trying to get hit, then put your hands up. You know what I mean? Like, put your hands up, move out the way, do anything to avoid being hit, because at the end of the day, it's a combat sport. You're bound to get hit regardless. You know what I mean? And now, when I go to most of these martial arts schools, it's like, I don't want to throw no shade on any, like, instructors, but it's like it's like a after-school program. You know yeah. what I mean? And, like, kids are like, like, and I was in Taekwondo, we were in, a, like in, in line by rank, right? Mm. And if you were talking in line, down, give me 25, 50 push-ups, 75. However, my technical teacher was feeling that day, yep. he would put it in, in the push-ups. You know what I mean? And I remember I went to this to the school not too long ago, and kids are talking in line. They're bouncing around. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just like... I'm, I'm looking at him like, yo, you better chill out. You know what I mean? And the technical teacher sees it, but he's not doing anything. And I'm like, when are you just going to let these kids learn? Like, like that's kind of what martial arts was kind of mainly about. Uh, discipline, obedience, respect, all that. You know what I mean? So when this person is teaching, I'm focusing on that. Like, I'm not talking around. I'm not bouncing around. I'm not picking my nose and doing all that, all that other nonsense. I'm paying attention. You know what I mean? And I'm seeing how it's not being portrayed as that anymore. And I'd be like, ah these kids are not gonna prevail in this you know what i mean yeah the absolutely Mm -hmm. i and i I remembered you said that and it's uh i mean that you were in a taekwondo there's Mm -hmm. there's something that comes from you know a childhood of martial arts uh, martial arts specifically uh, i mean there's a number of reasons why when you know parents are asking me like what should i do with my kid Mm -hmm. i'm like a something movement based but at the beginning something like gymnastics or martial arts because mm-hmm. they're so discipline heavy. Yeah, very um, disciplined. And, or at least they used to be. So now I don't know if that's the same advice it used to be. But yeah. um, what it is, is like the, a kid's job is to test boundaries mm-hmm. in all regards. You're, yeah. you're seeing what is the world around me? What can I push against? What pushes back? Yeah. And so the reason why for the longest time, you know, anything in raising a child involved discipline sets, Mm. rule sets, uh, very clear parameters and very clear repercussions for breaking the parameters. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But what you get is you get kids that learn how to conduct themselves in the real world. Nice. Kids that have, you know, respect towards anything because respect is just a managed fear. It's like, okay, I can appreciate that that thing can hurt me, but I know how to conduct myself and I'm, I'm displaying the respect to the thing. Mm. I never looked at that. it like that. Well, now look, I mean, we've removed all disciplines mm -hmm. uh, in all of these different con contexts. Yeah. And so kids grow up testing all of the limits and never getting any pushback. Mm -hmm. And so what you get is when you get into the adult world, A, they all have panic attacks. Yeah. Because uh, they're like, this is nothing like I was trained for. Yeah. Because um, they weren't. And then uh, B, and, and not, in, not in a mean way, but just a matter of fact way. It's, uh, it, with what I do professionally, I spend a lot of time working very closely with kids. I work with whole families, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I get I get to watch kind of how child rearing is changing in all regards, uh, from the teacher's perspective, from parents' perspective, and then from a, a you know an instructor, a private instructor's perspective. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's I mean, kids are just. So so much less capable yeah. of managing themselves in actually dangerous situations because yeah. they have been in these uh, upbringing contexts yeah. that don't involve any, any discipline. Yep, none at all. Like, that's kind of... Uh, it's a disservice to the kids. It is. And it's like, I remember I was literally on the phone with my Taekwondo teacher like a few days ago. And um, since I was a kid, I've always respected him. But I've, I was always like, I always feared him as well. Yeah. Like as a kid, I was like, in, like school was not my thing. He was very, he, he like, we were all great Taekwondo students, but he wanted us to be great students in school as well. And um, it never matched up with me. I ain't going to say it in a lie. It never matched up with me. Like I always loved Taekwondo more. And then, um, Every term, like my birthday is in November, so the report cards for the first term would end around my birthday, and I would be sick. I'd be like, "Hey, like my birthday's coming up." He's like, "Yeah, the term is over in three days. I'm gonna see your report card." So I'm thinking, like, my birthday's in like six days, so it's like I'm like either way, I'm like, dude, I know I'm not doing well in school. You know what I mean? And it's like the fear factor was just that, like. I loved Taekwondo, so, and I still do to the day, and I love Taekwondo so much, and it's like, he would say something like, listen, if you don't bring up, bring this C up to a B or bring that D up to a B minus, I will take that belt from your waist, and I'll make you start from white belt. And when I mean, like, fear would strike me, I'd be like, oh, my God, like, and then I, and then, and then I would react the way that I'm supposed to, I'm like, you know what, you're right, like, I can't be messing up. I'd still mess up, you know what I mean? Not not perfect, sure. you know what I mean? Because it's just it's like school was just never my thing. But I was just like, damn, like now that we're old, I talk to him like, yo, like I thank you. <laughs> like I tell him all the time, like I thank you. Like I feared you more than like sometimes my like my dad. Like if if I was ever bad in school, my mom would be like, you know what? I'm gonna tell you that. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'm like, I could live with that. And then she's like, I'm going to tell you your, your techno teacher. I'd be like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'd slow down <laughs> just a little bit now. We can definitely talk about this, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, that, that's, that right there was the epitome of like fear and respect in one. You know what I mean? But um, so you said that you're in biometrics, right? Uh, biomechanics. Biomechanics. Uh, so right. basically, 
um, yeah, I don't ever like using the actual words for what I do. Yeah. People are like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm an, an educator, I guess, <laughs> uh, I'm a movement specialist. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, biomechanics, basically the laws and principles of human movement. Mm -hmm. um, so everything about how we move and why it moves that way. And um, it, it, core to what I do is anatomy. So mm -hmm. I'm an, a, an anatomist above all uh, in a professional sense. Nice. Um, and uh, so for the past you know, 15 years, I've been um, memorizing everything that there is to be known about the human body. And yeah. it, it keeps changing as we learn more things. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, when I started at the beginning with that model, it was very basic. I was like, all right, well, let me take everything we know as fact about the human body uh, from the systems perspective mm -hmm. and just make it into lists and uh, every day memorize a different part of it until I get to the end of the list. And then when I get to the end, start back at the beginning Wow! Um, and just keep doing that for the rest of my life because we're mm -hmm. always going to keep learning more stuff. Yeah. And then as time went on, I would add more things into the list. Nice. So. You know, I initially did it with like the skeletal system then the musculature system then the nervous system and then eventually added in the endocrine system mm -hmm. and the digestive system and then um, eventually got to the brain. Uh, but along the way, found all of these incredible things like I stumbled across uh, a source for the test prep material for the NCLEX RN, the registered nurse testing. Mm -hmm. and I was like, I should know that stuff, too. So I went through that. And then I found the test prep material for the MCATs, the uh, uh, doctor's test that yeah. they take. And I was like, well, that's I'm going to have well. better conversations <laughs> yeah. with clinicians that way. Yeah. And uh, uh, halfway through the that, I was like, man, it would be really handy to know Latin. <laughs> um, and so I added Latin into the mix, just yeah. starting with uh, medical roots. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what happened is just kind of continuing that way, allowing that wiggle room. I mean, I, I'd set kind of my format of this is sort of what I want to learn for this year. Mm -hmm. And then every quarter, I'd let myself update it and say, I want to add this in or take that out. And uh, it just did that for my mm -hmm. whole adult life because uh, most people they get there you know they get through schooling and whatever sort and they say now i'm done mm -hmm. uh, occasionally yeah. things have continuing education credits but mm -hmm. it's you know people get such a sour taste about learning from school and that model it's not the stuff itself it's the model the way that we do it mm -hmm. that uh by the time you're an adult you're like i'm done i don't want to read another book uh, ever again yeah. i don't want to yeah. i don't um and it's so sad because like Things are actually really interesting yeah. if you let yourself be interested. But, yeah. You know, uh, school kills curiosity. It does. Uh, yeah. And it's not necessarily its fault. It's the model. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was designed to do that uh, from from the onset. Like yeah. that was why we picked that model. The the type of our primary schooling is called the Prussian model. Mm -hmm. uh, so they they actually when they were trying to decide on like a common education system for the, mm -hmm. the U.S. way early on, they went and looked at other places. They found one. So Prussia was Germany before it's Germany. Yeah. And uh, that model, they're like, oh, this is really good. Let's use that one yeah. and bring it over. Um, but it's, it's, you know, how do you make people smart enough to perform the functions we need of them, but not so smart that then they keep asking questions and want to do something outside of the yeah. box after that. And so our model builds workers. Um, that mm -hmm. is what it does. Mm -hmm. um, and you get people who follow rules and don't question them, right. um, especially when you get into the higher education model. Yeah. Somebody comes out of college and it's never like, let's talk about what you know. It's where'd you go? What are your layers? Yeah. And it's a shortcut answer. And it's it functions that way mm -hmm. whenever you're talking to people that kind of 
you know, rode the wave yeah. rather than saying, oh, hey, wait, I don't, um, something about this is wrong. Yeah, I wasn't, um, I tried college and it was because I don't learn, like, we all learn very differently. Like, I'm more of a, like, visual learner one-on-one. Like, what you say to a class of 15 or 20 students, it could hit probably like 12 of them. But then there's always a few that's like, wait, I don't understand that. You know what I mean? So it's like I kind of need more of an explanation because it's like it may, like Tommy over there may understand it, but Sandra probably doesn't understand what you just said. You know what I mean? So it's like I can't, I kind of don't like how even teachers know that, or like teachers, instructors, professors, they know it's like, oh, every student um, learns a different way. Then why are you teaching us all the same way? Right. You know what I mean? And that's what I've like. And like even now, like it may seem wrong, but I, like I tell kids, I'm like, listen, especially like when they're in high school, like freshman, sophomore year, I like, listen, if you feel like you need college, go ahead. But if you feel like you don't, don't waste your money or your time because you'll be in there and there's so many like you're kind of true, like you're 18, 19 years old going into higher education for what you'll be doing for the next 15, 20 years when it's like that whole thing could change while you're still in college or maybe even in your later years. You know what I mean? So that's why I tell people, like, yo, like, if you feel like you need it, go ahead, knock yourself out. But if you feel like you don't need it and nobody else knows that but you, then don't waste your time, man. Like, just chase what you want to chase and then put in that work, the consistency, all that, do everything the right way, and then it'll come to you. But don't force anything. And then it's like, after that, I'd be feeling like, am I wrong for telling the kids to not go to college? You know what I mean? Like, I'd be thinking about it, but I'd be like, no, I think, I think I'm okay. You know what I mean? I well, think the, I'm good. Yeah. The, the, the trick is, is as much, and it's so hard, mm-hmm. uh, but avoiding blanket statements Yeah. and always targeting. Uh, I mean, so that's the problem with, with everything being online is everything is out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, context is such a big thing because if I'm having a private conversation with one person and in that moment, the correct words are don't go to college, but that's with a lot of other things. And that's in the context of that conversation. That's very different than saying all people don't go to college. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That that's different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But, um, yeah, that's why I was trying to say, like, that's why I hate having conversations through text, because it's like, the way I'm saying something, you're reading it in your in your emotion, in your tone, the way you think you would say it. You know what I mean? That's why I hate, like, having certain conversations, even an argument or whatever, over text, because it's like, you think I'm saying it this way when you're saying it that way. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm not saying it like you are. I'm saying it the way I'm saying it. You know what I mean? But that's why I just... I just I just can't do that. Well, that's, I mean, no, texting is, is barbaric. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they came out with emojis to try to supplement that. Yeah. So that was a, you know, people were realizing like, I am not able to say what I mean. And most people don't understand that's because it's not words what you mean. You, there's a different thing you're trying to So let me put the smile emoji real quick. <laughs> right. Well, so and then people started qualifying yeah. every sentence. It's yeah. like, hey, are you going to be there? It's smiley face. Too. Yeah. So it's not like a demanding, hey, mm. are you going to be there? Yeah. Um, and then GIFs came out. And then those became so popular because you're like, you know, 
uh, same thing. You look up the word yes, and there's a hundred yeah. different things. And they take like clips from movies, from yeah. like TV shows, and yeah. Well, and and especially because so many people who are alive now, or so many adults who are yeah. alive now, were raised on TV. So their yeah. context is TV and movies and things like that. And so much of um, communication is is um, speaking to a specific shared context. Mm -hmm. So like when you're trying to connect with someone, you're trying to find points of connection. Mm -hmm. And TV is the easiest uh, means because, you know, everybody's seen shows that are popular. Yeah. So if you're like, there's a specific emotion that was illustrated mm -hmm. in a show that we can both reference. Now I have a note of connection. Valid. Um, and, uh, but then you end up having gift conversations yeah. and they just deteriorate <laughs> into nothing. For sure. Now, when we first met, um, you showed me like the phone that you use. Yeah. And I got, I, I looked into it more because I'm like, damn, that's really cool. And it's, Called the light phone, right? Yes. It's called a light phone. What made you kind of transition into that? Because the people who don't really know the light phone, it's um, it's pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. No it's colors. About, uh, it's probably about a third or a quarter the size of a regular yeah. iPhone nowadays. Yeah. Um, it does not have any colors in it. Uh, I mean, so there, it was basically made by some tech people that were like, we hate everything that's happening with smartphones. Mm -hmm. Is there a, can we come up with an anti-smartphone that mm -hmm. addresses all of these, these things? So that happened. Um, but, uh, so what it was is when I got to the point that I knew I wanted to get rid of my smartphone, I mm -hmm. first started looking for dumb phones. Mm -hmm. And apparently there was already kind of a rising tide of people trying to get rid of their smartphones and yeah. looking for dumb phones. So the price of all of these phones from the nineties was starting to go, go up, up and up, yeah. which was silly. And, uh, I, I realized that the, the dumbest phone I could find that was the one I wanted was actually more expensive than this new phone, the mm -hmm. white phone. And I was like, all right, well, if this one's been engineered to solve the problems, then maybe I'll just start with that and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing about it is it doesn't track anything that you're mm -hmm. doing. Um, so I I just came off of living in Silicon Valley for 10 years yeah. in, the, in the epicenter, the direct center of Palo Alto. I was right in the thick of it yeah, between, you know, Apple and Google and Facebook and Palantir, all those things were around yeah and because of the work that i do i got to work with a lot of higher ups in mm -hmm. a lot of those companies the the vcs ceos and some of the top engineers in those companies yeah so the reason that the reason that's important is for 10 years of observation i was in the epicenter of everything newer faster more as much as you can mm, get yeah. uh, and everything tech Every, I mean, like the new tech is good tech. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, uh, Facebook, their company sign that's in front of their campus, they just took the, the sign from the previous company and yes. they flipped it around and mm -hmm. put their logo on the front of it so that anybody who goes to work has to look at that and say, oh, if you don't progress, you die, mm -hmm. um, which is a horrible, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it, that's the mindset there is... Uh, innovation over everything and the only kind of enough is too much mm. Mm. that yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's not good um but what i realized is as i said earlier in our conversation people used to say i was the happiest person that they ever knew uh, i have always been you know happy and mm -hmm. exploratory and just like curious and 
And uh, so, you know, when the smartphones came out, I got one, I think it was six months before I had my first app and then, you know, kind of followed the trail that everybody else does mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, eventually I then had Instagram and, uh, you know, at its onset, I was like, oh, this is really incredible. Yeah. I can use this to find other people that are interested in whatever weird thing I'm interested in yeah. and then meet them and, you know, like, uh, reach out and make acquaintances with, with people all over the world. This mm -hmm. is an incredible thing. But something changed really sneakily in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, and through the time of having this, all of a sudden, like, my agitation's going up. Uh -huh. I'm, like, you know, more irritated with things, uh, more just kind of, like, doom and gloom in general. And then Instagram morphed, and it wasn't about, like, meeting new people. It was about, like, you know, having the best looking picture and then mm. what are my numbers of my followers? I yeah. didn't know any of those people. Um, and so uh, numbers were going up. I was getting grumpier. I was interacting with fewer people than at the onset where I was just trying to interact with everybody. So yeah. all the good stuff was kind of fading. Mm -hmm. And then all these other things were taking their places. And uh, it kind of got to the point where I, I actually had to send an email out. And I, I mean, I, uh, I told everybody that I was close with and people that I was working with, uh, I'm like, I am legitimately depressed, mm. right? like clinically depressed right now. Yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I've never, like that's never been on my radar. That's not anything I have a predisposition for and something's wrong. Yeah. And so uh, I kind of pulled out of everything. Mm -hmm. Took uh, like, uh, I just, I was like, how much can I take off of the top uh, to really get under the hood and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I realized kind of everything tied back to the smartphone. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's more than just that, but it's it's really that. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to give myself a year uh, to pull out all the hooks. Because I'm like, it's not going to be as easy as just throw away your smartphone. Yeah. I mean, I'll have one two days later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, getting rid of all of the subscriptions, canceling all of the accounts. You know, uh, I changed my bank accounts like two separate times so that I could make sure nothing could, you know, uh, still get yeah. into my accounts. Um, I, I got rid of anything Google no Google whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, and there's not a single device that I use right now that doesn't have a VPN. On mm -hmm. it. Um, so that anytime somebody, I mean, because, you know, they track everything that you're doing based on your location and your IP address and yeah. all of that. So the VPN is a good way of making them think I'm in Croatia right now. Valor. Um, Valor. And uh, that completely changes your experience mm -hmm. when you're using any of these things. Um, because, you know, what they do is they behaviorally nudge you Mm -hmm. So the autofill answers, that's on purpose. Um, where you are, uh, your demographics, that all goes into what they give you for autofills, yeah. uh, what videos they suggest in YouTube. And all of that stuff shapes behavior. Um, so it, you can go from being somebody who likes this to being somebody who likes and compulsively purchases that mm -hmm. um, just in a series of like really evil tricks. Valid, um, valid, valid. So I don't want any of that. I have my my ultra dumb phone now, <laughs> and I, I live in a house that's older than the country. So. <laughs> that's that's valid. Now, you said that you were like you felt like you were like really depressed. Yeah. Two part question coming up. Um, were you always that self aware with yourself and your emotions, and how did you get through that? So. 
to answer the first part, mm-hmm. uh, I, I've been lucky in so many ways in my life, mm-hmm. but one of the ways that I was uh, incredibly lucky is, you know, in high school where they give you those superlatives at the end yeah. of the year as a senior, you're like, most likely to yeah. have good legs. Best smile or something uh, yeah, like that, yeah. Silly stuff. Yeah. Um, I got two. I got most artistic yeah. and most changed. Um, mm. And so interestingly, when you're a teenager and are dumb because you're a teenager, <laughs> all you think is, oh, well, whatever those are, they must be the yeah. important things because <laughs> I got them. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, being artistic is or being creative, yeah. that's important yeah. uh, because I'm that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, most changed. What, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. What do you mean most changed? And um but change is clearly important. It is important, but I feel like that's kind of like a shot in a way. Oh, yeah. You know I, what I mean? I mean? Like, I feel like they were like, mm, you weren't the same kid you were three years ago. We're going to hand this to you. You know, looking through the yearbooks and then like mm. remembering the stories and stuff, that's probably an accurate uh, assessment. Yeah. So I was so different freshman year versus senior Me too, year. Man. I mean, like, kids change so much in that period yeah. anyway. But like I really did, especially in the context, because that was a small town. You know, we had a hundred kids in our high school. Oh, wow. I, I mean, in, in my class. Oh wow. High school, excuse me, there's four hundred in my total, uh, total mm-hmm. high school. But um, what that uh, what that kind of got in early on is like, oh, there's an importance to change, and then you know, as you pay attention to the word change and all things mm-hmm. relating to change, as you uh, grow, what you get is. Um, you hear a lot more of the quotes about change and the mm-hmm. quotes are just like a distilled little like mouthful of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing to do with them that I found is you dig into them. You find yeah. one that you're like, Ooh, I like the taste of that one. Find where it came from, get the context. And, uh, so I found all this stuff about, uh, you know, how change is the only constant. And yeah. so if, if it's the only thing that stays, uh, you know, constant through your life, and it's really something you have to come to terms with. Yeah. And uh, so with that, uh, I was like, all right, well, then how do you make, uh, like, how are you you and not just some, like, amorphous blob that mm. is whatever it's near? Yeah. Um, and you can only you can only have that balance uh, mm-hmm. with self-awareness. Yeah. It's like, what am I trying to keep inside the wagon? And what am I throwing out as it's going along this, mm-hmm. this road I don't control? Yeah. And um, so with that, uh, by the time that, you know, now uh, later in life than having all of those realizations, uh, I got to a point where I'm like, oh, that that is, I mean, anybody I know who's been depressed, anything I've read about depression and that like, this is that. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, so regardless of how we got there, ooh, you know, pull the e-brake, uh, deal with that, because we're not bringing that in the wagon. Mm. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, I just, uh, because of a, a series of events, I wound up uh, much more self-aware than it seems like is normal. Yeah. Uh, by here, I'm now 36. Uh, and so that was actually just a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, then in terms of dealing with it, mm-hmm. uh, I was really lucky 
uh, in that regard also, because I have two people uh, who I won't name, but that I'm very close with mm -hmm. who both, you know, grew up. I mean, like that was their, their cross to bear was a depression. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they had so much more time in the trenches of dealing with it. Yeah. And so I took their advice with a much, you know, uh, I was like, okay, that that's probably coming from somewhere, you know, better than the person mm -hmm. who's like, oh yeah, I was depressed once. <laughs> but so so that was really helpful yeah. um it's just like anything uh mm -hmm. that you want to be better at look at who's been doing it longer mm -hmm. uh, i mean for for a longer amount of time because mm -hmm. there is uh, there is no teacher like experience yeah period and then uh on top of that um it was just kind of a, a game uh, just like anything else. Mm -hmm. It's not like uh, the the disposition can never be like, I can't, mm -hmm. um, because then some, it's somebody else's job to fix it for me. Yeah. It's always like, well, how can I? Um, and so even with something that's, that's kind of a mind mm -hmm. issue like that, it's like, okay, well, what can I do mm -hmm. differently? Um, and when I, uh, you know, when all of a sudden I'm, I'm, uh feeling like oh man now i'm really depressed mm -hmm. it's like okay well what steps got me there what series of thoughts led to Probably. that okay you can't have that series anymore so <laughs> yeah. now that's off limits yeah another part of the game um and uh yeah that i mean that worked right out of that problem that's good that's good now it's like just hearing how you said certain things and how you would like kind of switch it around how important do you think it is to change how we talk to ourselves uh, and, that like, is and like how we treat foundational, ourselves. Really? Foundational to uh, any positive change. Mm -hmm. um, so something especially, uh, I mean, I am incredibly grateful for realizing this. And it was my little brother who's responsible for, for really, I mean, the moment that, that made me mm -hmm. understand this, but you cannot get anything else right in the world outside of you mm -hmm. with any other relationship with anything else if you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself first mm -hmm. uh, you cannot uh, period uh, because you don't know what it feels like um if wow it, yeah well, i mean so like uh, you know you hear all this like self-love love, love yeah. yourself it is visible when someone loves themselves yes um because the, like that's that has symptoms mm -hmm. uh, like when you when you love something when you actually care about something seriously there's a behavioral change that goes along with that mm -hmm. and so you know the way that that uh someone's uh, uh that somebody is in the world is uh, an enactment of how their mind is yeah. um, inside their body yeah and uh so yeah, the, the, the funniest thing is like the people that I, I work with, uh, you know, most of them I've been with for a very long time now. Yeah. Um, you know, we wound up forming really uh, strong relationships. So even after moving out of the Bay Area, I stayed with everybody that I was working nice. with uh, from there. <clears throat> and um, but, uh, uh, you know, anybody that I uh, start working with or anybody uh, that I have worked with the very first uh, thing or something that is necessary to address is that self-talk because uh, we are the biggest bullies to ourselves. We are. And um, I catch myself doing it every day. 
Well, it's, uh, so I mentioned my little brother was the one who tipped me off. I yeah. used, uh, uh, I write myself post-it notes all the time, mm -hmm. um, or I used to, I actually don't anymore, but I used to leave post-it notes all the time, especially when I thought I was going to forget something the next day. Yeah. I would leave something uh, in the morning, like you meant to do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, one time my little brother found one of those post-it notes and uh, he, he like uh, brought it down and he was like, hey, what is this? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, this is my post-it note to remind me of. And, uh, he's like, you wrote this? And I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, you are mean. <laughs> and I was like, what? And, no, it's I was like, it's just humorous, like yeah, motivating. Yeah. He's like, no, this is like a bully would say this to mm. a kid they were bullying, and yeah. that bully would be mean. Yeah. Um, and then that that kind of struck me, and then I I listened to myself, uh, like so. The, the best way to fix your internal language, yeah. make it external, is uh, give yourself one week where you have to say everything that you say to yourself in your head out loud. Even if you say it in your head first, you have to repeat it out loud. So Just to really see, like, damn, that sounded harsh. Yeah, because you're, I mean, oh, the, wow. the stuff that people say to themselves is so nasty. I'm like, not going to lie, man. I fall victim to that. Because let me tell do. you, especially with starting the podcast, like, I... I've had this idea for over a year and I just started moving on it in December. You know what I mean? So it was like in December, I'm I'm like, I really need to move on this podcast. You know what I mean? I really need, like, I'm asking these people to be on it and I didn't even start it yet. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of just like, yo, um, it's okay if I have you on my podcast. Like, yeah, just let me know. All right, yeah, cool. And then after I'm thinking, I'm like, I didn't even start this shit yet. You know what I mean? I'm just like, what the hell's wrong with you? I mean, one day, right? Like, I am very harsh on myself because it's like, even with small things, like last night, actually, I was making chocolate chip cookies with my girlfriend. She was on the phone. And the steps, you got to cream the butter and sugar. The consistency of it looked weird because <laughs> I didn't leave it at room temperature. And I got mad. I'm like, babe, I'm like, this shit don't look good. She was like, no, it looks fine. I'm like, no, this shit looks horrible. Like, I'm looking at my babe. Since, like, I'm literally on step one. And I'm like, my babe, this shit sucks. I'm not doing it. She's like, hey, look at me. It's fine. Just keep going. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then it came, like, the cookies came out great. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you, babe. But listen, and it's like, and then it's like small things. Like, if I play 2K or Call of Duty on my PS5, and I, like, and someone outplays me, I the way I talk to myself, I'd be like, Yo, I like that is not cool. Like, I mean, yo, you you suck. What the hell's wrong with you? But I'm talking to myself. Yeah, you know what I mean. I just be like, damn. But starting this podcast, the one thing that I'd say to myself all the time, I'd wake up and yo, stop being a bitch. Let's go. And I'll say that every time. Stop being a bitch. Let's go. Head up. You know what I mean? And I'll do it. I'll I'll wake up. I'll start. I'll start doing this. I'll start doing that. But it's then, then it's like. Obviously, now like, I stopped saying it because it's kind of like, oof. But it's like, I noticed it now. I'm like, damn, that is very harsh. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's super harsh. Yeah. It. Uh, well, I mean, exactly. It's just, you know, like uh, like you were saying, uh, getting started into your uh, <clears throat> podcast, the, the self-talk. Yeah. Well, just, you know, make that another person. If you mm -hmm. had a friend and you're like, hey, I want to start a podcast. And they're like, no, you suck. You don't have, I mean, yeah. they said all the same stuff that you said. You're like, that's a bad friend. Yeah. I don't exactly. want to hang out with that person. <laughs> like that, that guy sucks. Exactly. I, I don't like that guy. Exactly. Um, 
And so it, you're just like kicking your feet out from under you. Mm. If everything you do in your life, yeah. you're your own shitty friend. Yeah. Um, it's with you 24 hours a day. You have, you know, that horrible friend. that's like, you look kind of fat sitting over there. <laughs> you're like, I didn't yeah, need that. Why? Yeah, why for sure. For sure. Um, and it's funny. So I've played with this for yeah. quite some time now because, yeah. you know, you practice what you preach or at least you should. And uh, um, especially because uh, I, I have a lot more time and, and attention than it seems most people do mm-hmm. these days, yeah. especially because I've done so much to, to get it that yeah. I have a lot more time to really think mm-hmm. uh, and reflect on stuff. And uh, so uh, what I did is I said, OK, well, you know, every body is a human mind that's kind of like a symbiote inside a human animal. Um, okay. So, you, I mean, everybody's like, I'm me. I'm yeah. one. That's not at all true. You're two things, at least. Uh, you're your mind and you're your body that has its own needs and wants and, and motivations and stuff, too. You hear all this stuff about, like, lizard brain or monkey brain yeah. or, like, my... Those are your, like, body's wants mm. and needs and yeah. things. But really the the framing that i found is kind of best for it is you um think of yourself as like owning a pet dog um and you really care about that pet dog and what happens to that dog really affects you Mm -hmm. um so you want to get that right um you see all sorts of different people who own dogs yeah there are some people that like dress them up in all sorts of goofy outfits that like feed them people food. And you yeah. see in that dog's eyes, like, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> they have tumors inside yeah. of, a, you know, pit bull. They dress up like a clown. Yeah. Um, that's not a good dog owner. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the dog owner who learned about that breed of dog and like that type of dog needs these things, need this or needs this type of exercise and then yep. and meets the needs of that animal. And that animal is well-behaved. I mean, like that is a good dog. Yeah. Um, And uh, that's really the relationship that you should have with your body is like, Mm. what does it need? Um, As opposed to what do you want to feed it? Right. Um, Because like, uh, and and that's the thing too, it it breaks the ego quite a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, because right now everybody's enacting themselves on their body. They're like, yeah. I'm this. Everybody's yeah. so obsessed with their identity. That's a mind thing yeah. that they enacted on their body. Well, I'm an anatomist. I've been studying. You know, my dad was a, a general uh, uh, a clinician. So yeah. I, I grew up in hospitals. My entire life has been all things mm-hmm. anatomical. Mm-hmm. There are only two types of human beings that mm-hmm. exist. There's a male and a female. female. And yes. whatever kind of mind you are, you're stuck in one of those. Um, and so the problem is when you're like, well, today I'm a dinosaur, but I'm in this stupid, you know, male body right now. I'm a dinosaur. So people paint themselves to look like a dinosaur and they get, you know, scale tattoos. They do all this stuff that wrecks the thing because they're dressing it up like a clown dog and they're feeding wow. it people food. Um, when if instead you're like, OK, well, whatever I am, which mm-hmm. is fine, I can be whatever I want to be, but. I am in a male human being yeah. or a female human being. What's the best for that that I can do mm-hmm. with what I'm able to learn for it? So the way that I do it is I'm like, all right, well, I'm driving a him mm-hmm. um, and he needs this. Um, and and so over time it became, I, I call him bud. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, I mean, and, and that's really just a term I use for anything that I'm talking to, uh, like endearingly, like mm-hmm. if I'm watching a little ant call across the hey, ground bud. and I'm like, Hey bud, what yeah. you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, or like, uh, yeah, it's a, Hey bud, 
Um, it's just uh, anytime I use that and, and that tone, mm -hmm. uh, that word, all of that, I'm speaking to something kindly. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, that's the word I should use for myself when I'm talking to myself all the time. You're, hey, bud. That makes uh, so much sense. Like, because I remember like as a kid, oh, that makes so much sense. My, my technical teacher, right? Every time he sees like the kids, I'm like, this was me when I was probably like 14, 15. And um, every time he's sick, he's like, hey, champ. What's yep. up, champ? You know what I mean? But he'll see me and he'll call me by my name. And I'll be like, I want to be champ. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, why am I not champ? You know what I mean? But so uh, that makes so much sense. So pretty much try to redirect that to ourselves. Yeah. It's like, I mean, mm. and everybody has something like this. You know, yeah. like when you're talking, when you're mad at something, there are certain words you're going to pull out yeah. um, that make you more mad, that mm -hmm. pull you more down that. When you're... Uh, you know, when you're doing something that you really care about and you're talking uh, to it or to something involved in it, there's a certain set of words and tones and things that you mm -hmm. use there. So the trick is to identify like what what things, uh, I mean, like, in, you know, a Venn diagram, those interlocking yeah. circles. Yeah. Uh, what is the overlap of, you know, something that I do really care about that I treat well, that I... Uh, what do I say? How do I behave when I'm interacting with that? Yeah. And then how can I use those same anchors uh, in the thing that I'm trying to uh, treat like that? Mm. And so if it's your body, you're like, okay, well, you know, whatever it is, what do you, um, what is your, hey, bud? Yeah. And, uh, and then turn that on yourself. Wow. Wow. It, yeah. People take everything that they do and mm -hmm. it, it's like they, they treat it like, you know, getting an F on a test mm -hmm. um, where, like, I mean, trip on the sidewalk, nobody around is going to remember that two yeah. seconds later if you're like, oh, oops, yeah. and you keep walking. I trip, like, oh, man, I I trip on the sidewalk. The sidewalk, somebody should do. Now yeah, you're making know a scene. Yeah. Now, now they remember it for five seconds. Yeah. And the more you ham it up, the the more angry you get about yeah. it. Like the longer you're guaranteeing people around you are going to remember what that what that is. But also, the more negatively impactful you're making it for yourself. Yeah. Because if you you know trip and you're like, oh, oops, and then you keep walking. I start laughing every time I trip. Yeah. Like well, I laugh my ass off. Same. <laughs> so like, I mean, anytime I like. Uh, I made a rule that if I like stumble or I don't stick some, I have to like laugh or at least smile afterwards. Yeah. Um, that's, that's an important one. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, especially like in the, in the gym setting. So mm -hmm. I've done so many ridiculous workouts uh, over the, the years yeah. and everybody, you know, especially with, with guys, cause it's such a like macho thing to do. Yeah. Um, I loved uh, as I was getting up into some really meaty weights that I'm like, it's going to be way more fun if while everybody else was like, you know, Serious, flexing their yeah. pecs and I'm like giggling while I'm doing like 400 <laughs> yeah. pound lunges. Yeah, because um, like you can't always take everything too serious. Well, it just, uh, yeah, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I, um, uh, so I, I uh, had a very short, and, and it's very important to caveat this, it was a non-combat uh, MOS so yeah. in, the, in the military. Yeah. And I say that because I have friends that were combat. It was a very different experience. Yeah. But um, remembering back to basic training, 
Um, I had a drill sergeant that I looked up to very much as drill sergeant Gomez number one, because we wound up with two of them. But uh, we had a bunch of really good conversations through the the time that I was in there. But uh, uh, he would always accuse me. He's like, you're having way too much fun for basic training. Mm. I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. We're doing all this. uh, And uh, I was always, um, I had this, uh, this friend Santos that uh, he was always game for whatever stupid shenanigans I could yeah. come up with. That we were gonna, we ran the candy trade, mm-hmm. so candy was contraband. You couldn't have it in there. Mm-hmm. But um, when we went out on field training exercises, you had the MREs, the meals ready to eat, mm-hmm. and uh, on on the front of the package, it's just like numbers and stuff yeah. like that. It has the little serial number. Uh, so Santos actually figured out that that tells you what's going to be inside, whether it's the jambalaya that has mm-hmm. the, you know, or or what it is. And so uh, we got, we figured it out that if we volunteered to do the detail that was going to be handing out lunches, mm-hmm. nobody wants to volunteer for that because that means you eat last. Like you mm-hmm. give everybody else their yeah. meals and you eat last. But what that means is you get to dictate who gets what. Oh, wow. And so when we figured out, oh, we can do this. Mm-hmm. We wait a little bit. We, we eat after everybody else, but we get to make sure we get the meals that we want. Yeah. And we get to know who all gets Skittles. Um, because everybody else is getting like this gross pound cake and these nasty desserts Um, and the rule was if you got skittles you had to give them to the drill sergeant you had to hand them in because you weren't Mm -hmm. allowed to have them Mm -hmm. Um, and so santos and i uh, we figured out we can do this we can regulate and then we can make sure that people get them who's who are supposed to Mm -hmm. and that uh, we can keep all of the excess so we were like uh hoarding and then like yeah uh, you know, slinging uh, Skittles during basic training, <laughs> slinging Skittles, <laughs> um, which was uh, which was super fun. Yeah. And then, um, uh, you know, there was a, a time where I wrote a uh, a roast poem about my whole platoon. So everybody got like a two two line, uh, you know, bar. And uh, if we were, I was just sitting reading it to to some of the guys, and we're all cracking up, and then everybody stops laughing, and I was I was facing them because a drill sergeant had stepped right up behind oh, me. Man. And I'm like, oh, no, you just like anytime there's one nearby, you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And so I just assumed I was in trouble for something. And then uh, everybody's quiet. And I turned around and he's like, keep reading. And I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. And so I read through the, uh, the the rest of the poem, just like with this guy over my shoulder. And uh, when I get to the end, not only is he chuckling, but he's like, when are you writing one about the drill sergeants? Mm. And I was like, can I? No, I don't know if that's a smart uh, thing yeah, to do like, right I, don't, I don't think that's going to. Uh, and uh, uh, he actually wound up being really cool. And he was like, if you write one and it's as good as that, I'll protect you from the others. Oh, wow. Um, and so I was like, deal. I will, I will take that wager. That's dope. Um, that's dope. And uh, so in basic training, it's a time when you're learning how, and this was, uh, I joined right after 9-11 too. So it's mm-hmm. much more serious yeah. than um, uh, other times, I suppose. Uh, and so in a place that's supposed to be serious, it's basic training. Yeah. Uh, and in, you know, that context, I'm like, you know, trading Skittles and writing rose poems. And I, I wound up writing that about the uh, drill sergeants. They took me down the drill sergeant hall, made me read it in front of all of them first. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting punished, they were all cracking up. And even the ones that didn't like me before that were yeah. like, it changed after that. And then they made me read it in front of the company. So mm. uh, like 200 people. Oh, wow. And then they, uh, they framed it and they hung it above the CQ desk. Wow. So 
from basic training. Everybody else is like there to learn whatever they're in the military. And you for. are making jokes. And I'm like, my poem's <laughs> hanging on the, you know, the teaching refrigerator. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but but the the reason for uh, that story is to say that no, it is never as serious as people mm-hmm. think it is. Yeah. So that, you know, I've dangled from skyscrapers. I've, I've been in the army. I've been yeah. in all of these contexts that are actually serious. Yeah. And I've been giggling through half of the the thing. In fact, I have video footage up, you know, on the top of like an antenna, like wow. swaying with the wind, and we're like doing a silly German accent back and forth. Really? Each other. Yeah. Like, That's crazy. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, there's this there's this rapper named Sue Surf, Free Sue Surf. He's locked up right now, but um, in his recent album, he says something. He said, "Taking life too serious." He said, "Taking life too serious." Seriously, take stuff fun away. Yeah, and I was like, "That's true. Like, you can't always um, you can't always be too anal about everything. You know, what I mean, something well, you just gotta let flow." Yeah, and, and so, in fact, it should be the opposite. It, the majority of things should not be serious. Mm-hmm. And then, if you are serious, it's for a little time. Uh, I mean, for what's necessary uh, to accomplish the the necessary thing, then you turn it back off. Um, mm. Like that is. Uh, should be used so much less. Yeah. You know, just just to zoom as out as you can get with it, it's like there is not a single person that you or any other human can think of mm-hmm. who has existed, who currently exists, or who will exist, who isn't going to completely vanish with everything else. Yeah. Like, uh, there are only a handful of people of all of the... I mean, if you think of every human that has ever, ever, ever existed... Mm-hmm. I mean, you can only name a handful of them. Yeah. Uh, there have only been a handful who have made any impact that has lasted, you know, more than the generation they live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just give it a couple more generations and everything that they touched, impacted with, it goes away. Um, and so that's actually a really good thing, because mm-hmm. if you think about that, what that means is that, you know, really, if you zoom out, nothing matters enough to be that serious about um nothing absolutely nothing that mm-hmm. any human being can or will ever do matters enough to uh you know ruin the very limited amount of life that you have valid that's a very valid point actually that's the thing like this is why i kind of um and actually a question that i received was who else do you plan on having on the podcast except for the people from the city and you were like one of the first people that came to mind because since that day at work i was like if i get him on my podcast this is gonna be a really good episode and i just knew yeah just based off of the conversations and i was kind of mad at myself for asking you certain questions i'm like damn i should have saved that you know what i mean but um either way it still worked out but i just knew in the moment i'm like and i was telling my friend Salim. He was there that day. He was like on the right side, and I'm like, oh, okay, gotcha. And I'm like, yo, Salim, if I get him on the podcast, this will be probably this will probably be the dopest episode ever. He said, why? I'm like, I just know, you know. What <laughs> I mean? I'm like, I just know. Don't ask me why, but just know that I know. You know what I mean? I um, appreciate that. No, for sure. Now to kind of jump back on rooftoping, um, what was the harder part about it? Was it more physical or mental? So. Uh... I am 
and I'm sorry, I, I always like sidestep all that's of fine. questions. No, that's fine. No, that's okay. That's uh, but, fine. But uh, uh, for the purpose of answering this more effectively, yeah. I, I think. Um, so I'm very contrarian by nature. Mm-hmm. Like if I see something I don't like, I will start at the opposite end of the spectrum and, and then work my way to, you know, the appropriate middle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so with something like rooftopping, when I'm like, okay, cool, fun challenge. Yeah. Like that's what I'm after is like something that is actually challenging and stimulating because it's very engaging and mm-hmm. I need to be attentive to it. Um, that's how you know something is actually good is yeah. if you, you need to pay attention to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as Instagram was on the rise in tandem with this, all of a sudden there's like, there are people doing rooftops where I'm like, you like couldn't do one pull up. How did you get mm, up here? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, and uh, so there was, uh, what I realized is there's people that just figure out, you know, kind of lobby game and, and hacking building and, mm-hmm. and getting onto the, the roof, mm-hmm. but they're still completely safe. There's no danger the whole time. When they get up to the roof, they're standing on firm ground, they're behind a retaining wall. And then, you know, that when they do their foot dangle pictures, they're like holding on to something <laughs> and they're like leaned way back. Yeah. They have a friend wrapped around them. There's like so many things where you've actually removed all threat whatsoever um and then uh you know i saw people on the other end of the spectrum and just like dangling for no reason off of everything yeah and then people they get caught up in that hype and you hear about the guys that like fell 10 stories until someone found them the next day and uh you know through i mean uh, i have acquaintances that Mm -hmm. have done that i didn't climb with them because i'm like oh you're one of those Mm -hmm. um but uh what i wanted was something that was always always felt like the next level of a game mm-hmm. i don't want to feel like i'm just playing the first level again Valid. and uh, so i didn't like doing repeats unless we could introduce a new challenge mm-hmm. um and i i loved it when there was a combination of challenges mm-hmm. so physical challenges mental challenges like uh security challenges mm-hmm. the, uh, the uh, uh, you know, the, the types of property, the times of day that you would do them, the types of security that they have. Um, and, uh, and then if there was any like real physical challenge of getting mm-hmm. to the point that I wanted. Um, so, uh, as an example, there was like, I mean, there were buildings that were really tall that I got to piece of cake and I don't really care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, at one point I decided I wanted to do a stadium tour. So I was like, okay, in the Bay Area, what are all of the available sports arenas? Those have to have amazing security, right? Yeah, of course. Um, and so I was like, let's do a tour <clears throat> and get all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody would do it with me. Like all of the people that I yeah. would normally, like I asked all of the people I would normally team up with and they're like, you are crazy. <laughs> that is how you go to jail and you don't come back out. <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. And I was like, no, I think I can do this. I think I can do it. And nobody else has done it. It's going to have all sorts of really crazy challenges. So I, I, I got a hold of these other two guys that um, were very physically capable. They're mm-hmm. probably the most physically capable. Um, and uh, I was like, hey, do you guys want to do a stadium tour? It's going to be like super sketch and you cannot get caught. So like, I mean, we had all of these things in place to prevent when that. When I hear stuff, like I'm not trying to um, interrupt, but oh, when no. I hear stuff like that, I think of like, now that you're seeing it, because something that you've been throwing around a lot is that like you treat it like you're a kid playing a game. Oh, absolutely. And that's and and now that like I'm hearing you because like you you said it earlier, and now that I'm hearing you, it's kind of like 
it's like playing like hide and seek, playing manhunt. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And I remember being a kid, like we'd play manhunt. Like my boy D, he would like we were neighbors and um they had a hoop tied to their house. And he would like climb the front porch and jump on top of the hoop, climb up, and like he would keep climbing. I'm just like, this guy just climbed up to like the second or third story. But it's like now, like at the time, I'm like, oh yeah, he can do that because like he's able to do that. You know what I mean? And um, now that I'm hearing you say it, it's kind of like it's kind of like everything just tracks back to like being a kid again. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's it's uh, I think one of the most important things that humans do and stop doing as they grow up, even though they shouldn't, is play. Mm. Um, like the, if you look at the most sophisticated uh, hunters in nature, mm-hmm. they play more than any other animal. Um, the any of your your top predators, they have the most complex prey. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, not play. Excuse me. Uh, or especially when you get the the most complexity of movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, I, I should throw in that caveat. So it's not just uh, predation or, or uh, killing things. It's it's about um, uh, whoever has the most complex movement uh, tends to have the most complex play. That's why uh, uh, octopuses uh, mm-hmm. have really uh, uh, quite an array of games that they'll play. But uh, it's like uh, the, the the reason why people feel much older than they mm-hmm. are before they get to uh, chronologically what they're you know showing yeah. is uh, they just increasingly limit um, what they do, how they do it, the variations of what they do and how they mm-hmm. do it. Um, like you go, uh, just as an example, movement itself, you have kids playing on a playground and they're, uh, when you have your little kids, they bend every which way, yeah. they, they drop, they twist, you know, you have chicken fights on the monkey bars. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, then all of a sudden you have the older kids playing. Okay, well now we're playing a game on the playground that all, I mean, we're all playing the same rule sets. It basically involves running and then, I mean, but it's it's much more limited than the little kids before then. Now you get past 12 and you don't get playgrounds anymore. Now you have to join a sport. Mm. So now we take all of that dynamic movement out of the equation and then whatever sport or sports you wind up in, you're limited to those movement patterns. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to better those specific, but now I only have like 12 movement patterns instead Mm -hmm. of 100. And then, you know, you get out of sports because you you make it through school. And then um, if you still want to keep up with your physicality at all, you go to a gym and then you do like four movements. Yeah. And then, I mean, unless you skip leg day and then you do two mm-hmm. bench press and bicep curls. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what's in front of me. Yeah. Um, but that movement deteriorates through that whole process. Mm. So it doesn't matter if as a little kid, you can pick up five pounds and as an adult, well, now I can bench press 225 pounds. Yes. But you can also throw your back out getting groceries out of your car. Mm -hmm. Um, You're so much more susceptible in every other way, except for that one thing you do. Um, Because in, in everything we are use it or lose it, Mm -hmm. um, including movement and adaptation. And so if you extrapolate that to not just movement, but what about my mind? Like yeah. my mind and, and the way that I think the, the capability of thinking in these dynamic ways is use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like, okay, I made it through school. Now I don't have to think like that anymore. I'm in this job. Now I think in this lane, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, need to accomplish these things. So I think like this and, and all the, 
the, you know, your body is designed to find shortcuts, to find efficiencies. And so all through all these processes with thinking and with movement and with everything else we do, you're saying, what's, what is the easiest uh, shortcut that I can mm-hmm. lay down for next time to be able to do this uh, better? And so uh, as an example with conversation, you get conversational shortcuts. Mm-hmm. People use these all the time. Uh, if you ever notice when you hang out with a friend for a while, they have like catchphrases, yeah. uh, things you hear, uh, and it's always specific to the person. Those are conversational shortcuts. Okay. Um, and what that means is that instead of thinking all the way through that process, I've made a leap. Mm. Um, and so this is one of the things I red flag for myself the most. If I have a, if I reuse a phrase, I'm like, why am I using that again? Mm-hmm. How many times have I used it before? What does that mean? Um, Got you. I got my. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel we all have our own phrases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, um, the, you will keep making them for your whole life. You mm-hmm. can't stop that process because what it is, is uh, your brain is the most expensive thing to operate in your whole body. Yeah. And so, you know, firing it when you're doing like uh, when you're actually uh, thoughtfully using your brain, yeah. that's a very expensive process. Mm-hmm. But the shortcuts, the, uh, you know, like when you go for a drive and you forgot how you even got to the place that you went to because mm-hmm. you were just on autopilot, yeah. that type of thinking is the shortcut mode. That is way less expensive uh, in terms of energy and resources to operate the brain. And so your brain's trying to make everything that. Yeah. Uh, anything that you do more than once, your brain's like, ooh, can we make it that? And so that's why sometimes you talk to like an older person and they just use the same like regurgitated phrases and it feels like you're talking to a brick wall Mm -hmm. is because in that case, that person has settled into too many shortcuts. Mm. Um, And uh, so I'm always observant when I'm talking to somebody else who I've talked to before, Mm -hmm. like how many of those can I identify? Yeah. Um, And it it just uh, it's informative. Um, and then the, the most important person to turn that on is yourself yeah. and, and cause it, it lets you know, mm-hmm. what type of a thinker am I, mm-hmm. um, am I a shortcut thinker? Just taking the easy route. Like what's the, the softest pillow to sit on mm-hmm. or am I, you know, picking the best seat? Valid, super valid. Now I'm looking at this picture of you and what, like, what do you, because you're technically not <laughs> hanging. You're not hanging, but it's like you're you're hanging uh, off of. So for this photo, yeah, um, this was a building that was under construction at the time. So what you're looking at is one half of the worker's elevator shaft. Wow. Um, so there's these two kind of girder structures that, that had the, the rigging for this mm-hmm. elevator. And so... Um, there was a couple other people that I was doing the climb with. We climbed up the main building first. And so we're on the, t- uh, the roof of the main building as far as it had been constructed. So I think at that point, we're like 30 stories up or something like Jeez. that. That's in San Francisco. Wow. And, uh, that skyline is beautiful, though. Oh, it's, I have so many ridiculous pictures and videos from, from out there. Really? It's, uh, it looks good from that far away. Yeah. Uh, that's me. I, um, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so what, what we did is we realized, um, well, I, I realized I'm like, oh, so I mean, that 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 I'm on top of yeah. is maybe 15 feet away from the building. 
I mean, there's a, a space away from the building okay. between the roof and that thing. So mm -hmm. you can't just jump across it. And I mean, you could if you were a really good jumper, but yeah. um, it's connected to the building by these metal rods, uh, rods yeah. basically. And any, if you ever go to a, a high rise construction site, you'll see these. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh, I can shimmy across one of those. And then get up this thing, and then you guys can take a picture from the roof, and it'll be it'll be cool. So that's how, how we that got is. this. Okay, so and so in terms of the the hold that I'm doing, yeah. Uh, one of my rules uh, that I have for everybody is anytime you're doing a raw climb where there's not something around you and you can fall from whatever it is, um, you are opting for compound holds. Yeah. So it's not just you know I'm standing on this with my foot or I'm holding this with my hand, but it's like my arm is wrapped and I'm holding a thing. My leg is wrapped and then I'm standing. Yeah. And so you do all this kind of weaving. And so uh, here, like I I love my life. I'm not trying to just <laughs> stupidly dangle off of yeah. something. So I'm like, okay, this is a you know welded steel structure. It's super sturdy. So if I throw a leg over and then hook my foot under, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. It doesn't matter what gust of wind is coming, anything like that. The only way I'm going is if the structure valid and so with that then i can do whatever putsy stuff i want to do with my upper body uh which in this case is yeah so what's your like when you're climbing up because you did say your approach before you um climbed up you're like you know what i could shimmy across i could do this i could do that but while you're going up what's really in and not only with this but like um there's this other picture on on your site you had like you can see your feet like chilling there and then you see like the whole skyline what's usually your mindset when you're climbing up are you thinking like like one step at a time right put your foot here put your foot there or are you just like i can't wait till i make it to the top oh yeah the the thing that i like i mean the thing that above all mm -hmm. uh, drew me to this is this was the thing where i most completely experienced being absolutely present so mm. this is like when people talk about flow state that's what they're describing yeah. is like everything else is gone you are only in that moment and only the things that your sensory system can perceive matter um so what am i seeing right now what am i hearing right now yeah. how does the wind feel on my skin which direction is it coming from how do i feel in space yeah, all of those things are necessary feedback to accomplish what you're doing and not be done. Um, yeah. And um, so uh, in, in the process, I'm uh, just incredibly there with whatever is <clears throat> in my hands, yeah. under my feet. And, uh, and then in terms of what my mind is doing in the process, it's just kind of active conversation with myself. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, now it's, it's very much like, Hey bud, respect <laughs> that if you, yeah. if you, you know, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of that, the equivalent of like, Ooh, Hey, respect that. Yeah. Cause that will kill you. Um, and, uh, so anytime I, you know, make a step, okay, that one was a little bit too quick. Can we dial it back? Mm. And like, all right, well, you need to really commit to this one full set, uh, crank uh, that dial. Wow. And then as soon as you land, all right, dial it back, pause it, you know? And uh, so it's a lot of that kind of dialogue. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, softened with this edge of silliness. Um, the silliness, it turns out, helps to perform incredibly. 
Mm -hmm. um, th that, I mean, like when I, uh, at some of the onsets, when I'm like, okay, this is a spy mission, yeah. I'm a ninja. Yeah. And I mean, it just as silly, but I was being serious about it. And it was so much more like, uh, so many more stupid mistakes, uh, so many things that could have be been uh, bigger mistakes, but it was just it's too much tension in your body. It's like, yeah. You know, when you're learning to dance and then people are like, loosen. Yeah, you loosen, loosen. Yeah. Um, the silliness helps to maintain the loosen and or the, the looseness. And then you can much more effectively uh, oscillate between the two. Okay, serious, rigid, move. And yeah. then like, okay, loosen. Um, and uh, so that's why, uh, you know, I have so many clips of, of being on some ridiculous thing. And we're like, what's up, dudes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's cool. What's good, everybody? What's good? Thank y'all for tuning into this episode. Um, this next segment, we're we're talking about like a few pictures that was um that was taken of Isaac's let's say work hobbies, you know what I mean? And um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to show you guys, but if you guys do want to see it, you guys can uh, see the photos on acrovitality.com, and it'll be under the Out Exploring tab. I'll put the website in the description and um the tab as well but keep on listening guys i know it's a longer episode but keep on listening and thank y'all for tuning in i've been showing everyone like um like the pictures like off of the site and my friend was like who's taking these pictures i'm like i don't know i don't know they're probably like like his people like his his friend or like his team or whatever he was like imagine if he's like spider-man I'm like, what? He's like, he like, hear me out now. <laughs> and then he explained it. He said, you know how Peter Parker takes pictures for Spider-Man? I was like, that might have been the smartest, dumbest shit you could have ever said, but I know exactly what you're saying. And he was like, yo, bro. That's like, And I'm like, yo, it could really be like that, but it's like. It is in some cases. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, because solo missions add a whole uh, mm -hmm. thing into the mix, too. So there were occasions where I'm like, no, I want to do this solo because yeah. it'll be more challenging or fun in that mm -hmm. way. And so for those, if you want any shots, you have to go climb to the spot, put your camera, set the timer, get to the thing, you mm -hmm. know, all that kind of stuff. So. Valid. Now, what's been the most challenging challenge for you? So, well, so, you know, there was well, the, the good thing about Instagram uh, is it served as kind of like a leaderboards. Yeah. So once you know the right things to search for, or at least, and this was all, I'm removed from it. So this was the case. I don't know what it is now, but uh, you could see what people were doing in the different cities all around the world mm -hmm. because you'd see like someone posted this. Oh, somebody that we know is from this city traveled to go uh, do that thing in that place. Yeah. And uh, they got it or they didn't. And, and so there there's the challenges of the security. Yeah. Um, so some places are more or less challenging because they have uh, much more complicated security measures or they have very few security measures. Mm -hmm. There's... Um, the the uh, social hacking uh, challenges. So regardless, uh, if, if you're doing a building where you don't have to interact with any other people in this way, that's going to be far less challenging than one where you do have to interact with strangers mm -hmm. and you have to uh, socially hack them to make, you know, them think that you should be there. Yeah. Um, and then there's the physical challenges. Okay, well, you know, like we wanted to climb this one tower is three football fields straight up and the last football field tilts back a little bit and it's a service ladder. So that means you are climbing a ladder for three football fields 
And for the last one, you're hanging back off the ladder. So right away, there are people I can't take on that climb because mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't do that. Like, I mean, like you will not be physically able to accomplish that yeah. and then you'll die. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, th- there are also ones where, you know, you have to do some really precarious climb and some people, you know, just can't bend that way. Yeah. Or, I mean, they're not going to make it. Yeah. Um, or somebody really physically fit, but they're too big. Mm. There's a gap that you have to squeeze through. And I mean, there is this one gap that I, it was actually why I stopped beefing up my um, back squats mm-hmm. because I was like, I would not have gotten through that space if my thighs were any bigger around. Yeah. Like they were as crunched together and twisted as they could yeah. be to like snake through this space. Mm-hmm. If I had any more meat on me, I wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. Everything costs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everything costs. Yeah. Um, and then there's the, um, uh, the uh, least of all of the challenges, which is the perception challenge. Mm-hmm. So like when I mentioned the, the stadium tour, everybody was like, you can't. Yeah. That's a perception challenge. Really? Um, you know, the, the things that are like, oh, nobody's done that. Or like that can't be done. The, the, those types of things. And the more, you know, notoriety something gets, the more the perception challenge mm-hmm. goes up. And you have to uh, taper back. And so there's all these different types of challenges that go into the mix. Yeah. And what I was looking for is that, you know, it had enough of a step up in enough of those categories that it felt like the actual next level when I was going to a different thing. Makes sense. Um, and so like some of the last climbs I did uh, in the Bay, uh, I mean, so like one of them, for instance, and I won't mention the name of the, the building, but like nobody hit this building. Yeah. nobody um and it turns out they had floor by floor security mm. you had to get uh i mean you had to sign in with your id they would make you a badge that was like good for that day for that specific floor there's financial institutions in there you know a bunch of bunch of stuff it was really high profile building mm-hmm. um and uh the security knew about rooftoping all the stuff that you don't want uh motion detectors uh, alarms like the whole nine <laughs> And so what we did is we actually would plan this and the, the friend of mine and I who, who were going to do this together and who planned it, we made up a fake company. He was going to be my intern. Wow. We went and interviewed for an office that was for rent for a short amount of time mm-hmm. uh, on one of the higher up floors. And so I had to go in there and interview with them and explain about my fake company and why I needed an office. That is building. some real GTA um, heist shit. It was because uh, we had three uh, appointments uh, in quotation marks <laughs> in that fake office yeah. um, before we were able to do the actual rooftop because it was scouting to see, OK, where's the service hallway? What type of lock system is it? Can we get to it? And so on the uh and only because I'm not explaining the building or yeah, how we got yeah. to this point. So the day of when we're like, okay, this is the day, this is the, the time we had already, this was in our second month of renting the office space. Mm-hmm. So we, we, to get this rooftop this one silly rooftop, we rented an office space and made up a fake company uh, for two months. And the, we got 
we were in the office last available time before they closed the floor for the day. And then we both went to the bathroom, stood on top of the toilets, closed the, the stalls and turned off the lights in the bathroom so that they would think that it had already been like addressed. And so we like waited in there for another half hour or so till the cleaning people came through and we heard someone open up the door and we're like, oh no, 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 please don't clean the stalls. And uh, because the light was already on, we closed the door. And uh, once we were sure that everybody had, had left the floor, we like crept back out. We got into the service hallway. Uh, we picked that door. We went up the steps and then it was all flying blind because at that yeah. point we didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So we're like spotting for cameras every time we like peeked around any corner, made it up uh, into this room um that had a door that opened up into the hallway uh that would go to the door to the roof but there's a security camera above both of the doors oh shit. so we're like ah we can't get out of this room and then we found there was a, a vent in the room that went to the outside we yeah. were actually able to find a tool in the room because it was like a service room we were able to like unscrew and take this this vent panel off and we uh my friend put something in front of the door and i didn't know that he had done that but we were out on the roof for maybe two minutes before somebody was banging against the door and it's like, hey, hey. And oh. they wound up like plowing through the door, pushing the thing over. We got our shots and then it was a foot race uh, from the rooftop to the basement, just flying wow. down flights of stairs, being chased by whoever was. That is us. some of the coolest shit I don't Because um, as you're talking, I'm really like, I see it all in my head. Like was, that's some real, I listen. As someone who plays video games, that's some real GTA high shit. Like, well, that yo. was that was what it came from. It's like yeah. I, I have so many friends that I mean, I have friends that watch a lot of movies. I have friends that play a lot of games. Yeah. And people are always like, "You need to see this movie. You need to play this game." And increasingly, I've had a hard time because um, I'm like, "No, I want to do that in mm, real life. Like, how yeah. do we make that real?" Yeah, that's why. I mean, like, I I do rooftoping and I make ridiculously stupid, elaborate treasure hunts yeah. that I send my friends on. Yeah. The, um, and uh, I've been doing that for like 15 years now That's too. so cool, um, dude. And I mean, the, the last one uh, that we did was uh, so over the top. They, they flew out to California to do it. The furthest apart clues were like five hours of drive time. Yeah. They were, uh, I made them uh, take like a ferry to an island, get into an old military base. Mm -hmm. They were in a cave in Santa Cruz and they're both claustrophobic. I made them dig up a skull in the mud. Wow. It was, uh, it was nuts. And then, um, yeah, they've, they've all been, uh, kind of over the top like that. Cause you know, I love the mummy movies yeah. growing up mm -hmm. and I'm like, I want that to be real. How yeah. is it real? Yeah. How do we make that happen? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's like, I like, I mean, if something inspires me, I want to figure out how can I do it now, mm -hmm. not how can I keep watching it and keep being inspired, but makes sense. not, not uh, do anything. With it makes it. a lot of sense. So now that we kind of spoke a lot about um, your past um, and your hobbies and things, like what's next for you? Well, um, so now I, I, you know, pulled one of the bigger triggers that you can uh, pull for the longest time. Yeah. I, um, I was pretty opposed to the idea of owning a home because mm -hmm. um, I don't like anchors. Yeah. I don't like feeling uh, uh, restrained. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like that's about one of the biggest anchors you can tie yourself to mm -hmm. is a house. Uh, but uh, uh I made a lot of deals with eight-year-old Isaac in the, in the process yeah. that we, we came to terms. <laughs> um, 
And uh, so I just bought this house uh, and I've been restoring it. I specifically wanted a really old one that I could, um, someone made me watch the notebook a long yeah. time ago. That yeah. And whatever you're supposed to take away from it, what I took away is like, oh, dude, that guy got this like piece of crap house, but yeah. he fixed it. Like yeah. he, he turned it into this like really cool thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I would so much rather do that than just like, you know, buy a McMansion or like, uh, you know, just get like something simple like that. I want something with character and with yeah. interest and in that, um, yeah, I, I have kind of this baseline philosophy of leave it better than you found it yeah um and then through time it's okay well how many different ways can i apply that to life like mm. uh can i leave a conversation better than i found it better. can i leave you know any interaction with another person uh, any physical space that i'm going in i mean that i'm in to, like how can you tell that i was there is it messier is it cleaner is it the same does it look like somebody you know and because i realized like people leave wakes uh, everywhere we go. And, and I, I have uh, a number of friends, family members, acquaintances that I'm like, I can always tell where you were just like when you're tracking an animal, like mm -hmm. what crap do they live, leave yeah. on the ground? And you're like, Oh, he was here because that's sticky. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I, you know, from a very early age, I was like, how can I be the opposite of that? It's like, Oh, Isaac was here. Cause it's cleaner. It smells like spring breeze. Yeah. Um, and, uh, So uh, I like the idea of, you know, getting a, a house or, or something that you're a steward of mm -hmm. for a time. So it's like, you know, I got a house that's been there hundreds of years before I existed. Mm -hmm. It's going to hopefully be there long after I live there. And so just by definition, it's not mine. Mm -hmm. I am a caretaker. And uh, the goal is can, by the time I'm ready to pass it on to whoever the next caretaker is that is better than I found it. Valid. Um, Super valid. And the the process of getting from A to B is what makes you care about the thing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the, you know, people don't care about things. And this is a very blanket statement, like I warned against earlier on. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, in general, I think most people would agree in a private conversation that people at large don't really care about stuff the way that they used to. Or yeah. the total care has gone down. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, like how much care do people invest into all of the things around them? Yeah. Like that movie, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, uh, he, there's some line in it where he's like, um, they do everything like it's the only thing they do. Um their entire day, yeah. start to finish, everything that they put time into, mm -hmm. they treat as if that is their sole occupation. Mm -hmm. um, and what you realize is that is how you wind up with a life where you actually do care about everything in it. That's how you wind up with a house that you actually care about everything. You're like, I've, I have personally touched every square inch of this house mm -hmm. in cleaning it, painting it, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it doesn't matter that it's not the newest or the biggest or the whatever. I care about it because of the care that I put into it. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, you know, as I said, I worked in Silicon Valley. Yeah. I was in billionaires living rooms on a regular basis mm -hmm. and they don't have that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's funny, like I was a cable guy in Wisconsin for quite some time. And so I got to spend so much time in so many strangers houses on a regular basis. Yeah. 
And, you know, being in uh, trailers and apartments in Wisconsin and then being in billionaires' homes in Palo Alto, Menlo Park, and Atherton, mm -hmm. it's amazing how many similarities there are. Um, mm. It is amazing how many family problems, how many troubles, you know, parents not understanding their kids, kids not understanding their parents, uh, how much how much stuff is the same. Yeah. But... I have been in billionaires' homes where I'm like, you don't care at all about mm -hmm. this thing. Mm -hmm. And I've been in mobile homes where I'm like, you care about every square inch of this place. Yeah. And I've been in mobile homes where I'm like, you don't care about this yeah. at all. And I've been in uh, really nice houses where I'm like, wow, but like, why is that like that? And they can tell me about anything because mm -hmm. they were involved. Yeah. Um, and uh, it makes you realize, like, that's the only way to care about anything is, is you have to you have to pay care to feel it. Mm -hmm. uh, did I get off track with that? No, I think you were pretty on track. Okay. Pretty much saying that, um, pretty much saying that right now, like you're building or like rebuilding. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry. The original. No, no. Question yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, fine. Where is it going? So, yeah. Uh, A, the the current pause point is just getting the, the house squared away. Yes. So I'm one year into uh, renovations for it. Realistically, this is a one to five year project to get it kind of uh, ship shape. Um, but through that time, uh, you know, the first year was the most intense. I'm already freeing up time where now I can travel and start to. Um, and so one of my climbing friends uh, that, uh, you know, I, I met by climbing, he was, he was uh, much younger than I was, uh, I mean, he still is, but uh, he just got married. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he reached out and first we were planning a Japan trip, but now it looks like we're going to do a trip to India. Nice. And um, there's some stuff we want to get on top of there. Uh, we have a friend who's a local and uh, we're going to try to meet up and uh, so that's on the agenda in the uh, climbing front in the short term. The one that's that's uh, on the books is the India trip. Uh, and I haven't been. I have nice. all sorts of curiosities about uh, India. I've, I've worked with a lot of people from there. And so I've heard about all of these different facets of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the culture and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so trying to organize a, a trip around that. And then... Um, now that I've decided I'm going to root in the New England area, I'm, uh, you know, I'm comfortable with what I do, but uh, I very much enjoy uh, in-person interactions. Yeah. Um, and uh, so now that I've uprooted from the West and have rooted into the East, it will be kind of expanding my business into the East. And uh, just kind of the most sensible way to go about that is starting with Boston, which is part of why I was here. For sure. Um, is uh, I'll uh, start to make some connections with some of the uh, corporate folks out here. For sure. And fix their broken bodies. <laughs> For sure. Now, um, are you still climbing now? Like, is it is it something that you still do? Um, I would say it's like... Uh, you know, it comes and goes in waves. Yeah. Uh, but there was definitely kind of this this aggressive, steady climb towards a peak. Mm -hmm. And then once we got that peak, then there was this big trough. Um, and then that included kind of the last three years, mm -hmm. basically, which I mean, so at the, the onset of all things with COVID, what I realized is this is no longer a fun game. Because 
if everybody has to wear masks, mm -hmm. then now you can just walk into anything. Yeah. Uh, like it made it so much easier to get anything because everybody is like encouraged to be covering their yeah. faces. And I'm like, that's bullcrap. <laughs> I know yeah. that's you just like brought us from level 50 to level one. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, I, I bucked back against that. And um, yeah, so so it, it's been kind of in a lull. I've done a couple of simple climbs here and there, mm -hmm. uh, but nothing uh, like at peak when, uh, so peak, I would say, was basically from the Hong Kong trip through to uh, that last building I described, um, the, the one with that crazy security in it. Yeah. Um, Cause that was the most elaborate like pre-planning of yeah. anything that we had, had done. And so from, from the Hong Kong trip and, and how wild everything was there to riding that high and then hitting some of the hardest things and, and accomplishing some of the hardest challenges is basically like I beat the West coast chapter of that. Yeah. Game. Um, so, and, and it wasn't limited to that, you know, we, we traveled quite a bit to, to do it too, but it was everything based in the West coast. Mm -hmm. Um, now I'm starting back at square one in the East coast. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I can already feel kind of the itch. Um, cause what it is, is like I said, foundationally, it's about exploring more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So the doing that is the best way to like, I feel like, you know, San Francisco is my city. Um, yeah. And the, the Bay Area is mine because I've conquered it. I've been on top of the, all of the tallest things that there are, mm -hmm. like every skyscraper, every uh, communications tower, uh, every redwood tree that like stood out. And I mean, in Palo Alto, uh, in Palo Alto, uh, where I lived, I climbed every building they had there. I climbed every tree they had wow. there. Um, and uh, redwoods are no joke. <laughs> It'll slice the crap out of your really? head. It's like it's no, uh, but uh, uh, yeah. So I, I think that's something like just fundamentally human about uh, you go and explore a new place. You want to get on top of the mountaintop so you can see what's around yeah. you. You want to you know climb a tree to see what's around you. I think we've been doing that. I, that's why I think it's like hardwired. This isn't just a. I mean, this is my enactment of like how to address that thing that's pre-programmed mm -hmm. but there's there's some like well, i mean uh ram das this philosopher guy he, he said there's two primary forces mm -hmm. uh, in any human the the need to be safe to build walls and then the need to expand mm -hmm. they're kind of opposing forces mm -hmm. um one is the like okay i need to shelter from the things around me i need to close off and then the other one is I need to like reach out, reach out and, and see what is more than myself. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I think that that need to like explore the need to, well, what is, what is the furthest that I can get? What's yeah. the highest that I can get yeah. is just dealing with that second, that need to expand mm -hmm. um, in a, in a way that doesn't hurt anybody else in a way that challenges myself. Um, and uh, so it seems like it seems like a necessary fifty percent of my impulses to to deal with. Mm. Um, it's like if you know that humans are wired to have those two impulse sets, mm. you have to feed them effectively, or you're going to be controlled by them. 
Um, so if you don't know how what is enough because you haven't been feeding adequately your need to expand, mm -hmm. you wind up with some sort of an addiction disorder. You wind up, you know, a gambler. Mm -hmm. You wind up uh, on drugs or, or addicted to money, like everybody yeah. in Silicon Valley, where like you know they've checked every box under the sun. They have five homes. They have a full family, and their family mm -hmm. doesn't know them because they yeah. don't spend any time because they need to make more money. Yeah, uh, they haven't dealt with that effectively because they haven't satiated that effectively. And then you have. Uh, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum, people who are afraid to go outside, people that even now still wear two masks yeah. while driving alone in their car yeah. because they never realized what is enough safety mm -hmm. um, and like what is a, an appropriate amount of risk. And so they're perpetually building walls. In valid. Super valid. Now, um, before we wrap up, I just got one last question on your rooftoping experiences um have you ever been hurt like have you ever injured yourself throughout this like it has there ever been a moment where or if there's a moment where you got hurt and you were like yeah i'm done the uh so no uh, mm -hmm. i guess it's the short answer mm -hmm. uh the you know I, i'm one of those weird people and maybe because i've been so like movement oriented always mm -hmm. and and just much more in touch with myself in, yeah. in that regard that I've never broken anything or wow. like, uh, you know, uh, hurt myself in any, uh, uh, significant way, uh, like cuts and gouges and things yeah. like that. Those all, uh, if it grows back, it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> um, the single, the only time, uh, that I've like hurt myself where it didn't go away afterwards. Um, we, it was a time, uh, in, uh, so for like my uh, professional stuff, a lot of it revolves around all things fitness. Mm -hmm. And uh, so at the time, uh, it was in Palo Alto. I, I was living in a duplex. Uh, my housemates were also fitness professionals. Uh, and the my neighbor uh, was also my jujitsu coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had the jujitsu gym there, the training space, all of the, I mean, every toy under the sun. And uh, we were all like workout workoutaholics because it was just fun. It was the thing we did together. Was, I mean, so at the time, uh, Benji and I were doing two a days, two a days or three a days, something like preposterous mm -hmm. like that, uh, like really intense workouts too, uh, very serious workouts. And then on top of the mix, uh, his girlfriend uh, came up with this challenge she wanted to do for her stuff. Um, saying, let's all do 100 ab rollouts a day, just on top of whatever else we're doing. Yeah. Those rollout Oh, wheels. yeah, and you got to go. Yeah, and you I go used to out. do those a lot, like, um, when I was a lot more fit. But, they, yeah. uh, Well, I mean, so, A, if you do 100 of anything every day for a month, um, you're going to do bad stuff to those tissues. Yeah. That's not healthy mm -hmm. if you are doing two workouts a day that are really intense like a crossfit gymnastics all this crazy stuff and on top of that you're doing a hundred ab rollouts a day oh my god dude. what happens is you will tear your abdomen <laughs> um, so uh i remember i was it was like you know through one of the sets we're like uh not even halfway through the month or something yeah um, uh, doing these rollouts and i'm like these don't feel good yeah. like this feels not good and then one, it was just this, like, the silliest little, like, pop. Ooh. And then I rolled back in. I was like, that felt weird. Like, not bad. Wait, did you feel weird. it in your, in your ab? Um, so right here. 
Uh, oh. So kind of between my belly button and my uh, xiphoid process. Mm -hmm. But um, just a little like, uh, and I was like, nah, that's not good. And I stood up and I didn't have a shirt on. I looked down, there's this little bump. Ooh. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? No, I know me. That's not mine. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out that is called an epigastric hernia. Uh, what it is, is uh, part of your abdominal tissue has torn. Oh, wow. um, and so there's a hole. And what that little bump was is that some adipose tissue, some body fat, basically, that when I would stretch or bend in a way, you just kind of push forward. Wow. Um, and uh, so, so when you over when you over stretch it out, that's what happened. It kind of pulled out. Well, loose. what it was is the, the muscles. Uh, I mean, like I was the strongest I had ever been at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, I was jacked beyond yeah. belief, but I didn't have good movement. Mm -hmm. uh, movement wasn't. I mean, I didn't really understand it the way that I do now. And so there's all these little form faults in the chain, all these little kinks through yeah. the chain. Yeah. And then a very strong but overtaxed system of tissues with kinks in it, those kinks are now susceptibilities. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was I was too tight through the hip flexors, through the front of the hips. So I had a little bit of an anterior pelvic tilt. My, my hips were tipped a little bit forward. And so what happens is your rectus abdominis, which connects from the, the pubic symphysis, the, the front of your hips, mm -hmm. uh, to that uh, uh, bottom of your, uh, your sternum here, that xiphoid process, uh, it, it basically connects those two points. Um, what happened is with the hips being tipped, I've now stretched that line around a corner. Um, and then when you mm. dive into that Superman position for the rollout, now I'm taking that rubber band that's stretched over an edge and then I'm yanking it. Ooh. Um, and so that's what that pop was, is a tissue tearing. And now um, immediately went to a doctor and I was like, fix it, fix it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm supposed to be perfect, fix it. Yeah. And uh, this, I, of all the doctors I've ever talked to, this is my least favorite. Um, he was like, uh, oh, yeah, we don't. We don't do anything for that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's I, I, I'll cut it open myself and yeah. sew it back together. He's like, what do you mean you don't do anything? He's like, oh, well, generally when somebody gets one of those, we wait for it to become a certain size. And I mean, so like if it continues tearing and then it gets to then then talk to us. But right now, if there's no pain or anything like and I'm like, no, it's not. Like, what do you mean you don't <laughs> fix it? And, I mean, but basically he said, no, you you just have a hole in you now. Wow. Um, and uh, so that was the the linchpin moment where I was like, okay, if I can't get that fixed and there's a hole in me and moving poorly makes the hole bigger, then I have to move as perfectly as a human yeah. being can move, period, in all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so how do you do that? And, uh, and so that really sent me down on a wave of very much like stopping and re-evaluating my entire approach to everything uh, health and wellness up until that point, especially mechanics and movement. Um, and then, you know, it wound up being uh, an incredibly important moment um, because now I know 10 times more than I knew at, mm -hmm. at that, or I understand yeah. 10 times more. Um, and particularly uh, some of the, the tangents of, of, um, uh, study that I went into after that, I wouldn't have touched if, if not for that moment. Yeah. Um, but as a result, I can now at 36 move in ways that I couldn't at 16. Mm. Um, 
I, I have uh, capacities now uh, that I didn't have as a teenager. Yeah. And unlike anybody else my age, like I don't have any pains. Like mm. they're just nothing hurts. Yeah. Um, when I want to go to bed, I lie down on my back and I fall asleep. He said, and I feel nice. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I don't have to turn to my side, yeah. pull my knees up to my chest. Uh, like everybody, as soon as you lie down, you roll on your side, the knees come up. Yeah. It's because everybody's tight through the hip flexors. Mm. And I can say everybody uh, as a blanket statement because it's a blanket fact. Is that yeah. I mean, if you're, uh, you know, 28 yeah. plus, you have lordosis. Uh, mm. Just you do. And then if you're 28 minus, you have kyphosis. Because, mm. uh, you know, if you're uh, 28 plus, you've had some type of uh, lifespan that has involved way too much sitting. It has to have, unless you live in, like, uh, a small tribe somewhere in the jungle. Yeah. Um, and with all of that sitting, your hip flexors have become overly tight. They're pulling in their attachment to the lumbar spine and to the hips. So you're going to have that anterior pelvic tilt. Um, if you are that like 28 minus, the reason I say you have kyphosis is because then the thing that happened is everybody got cell phones and started belly stilting. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I'll make the shape so you'll see it. You're yep. listening as well. But you see people do this. Yep. And then drive the hips forward and then rest their phone like at their belly level. And then the head just slopes forward. Yeah. Um, and so with both of those iterations, you end up with that like exaggerated flat back of the neck, mm-hmm. the compression of the, the discs there. Um, and then uh, one of them really hurts your upper back, one of them really hurts your lower back. Yeah. So everybody wins. That's cool, man. That's cool. But, uh, but um, yeah, the, the biggest thing is like because of doing what I do, I've been able to spend time with uh, kids and remember like, oh, that's how you move when you're that yeah. age. And like, that's mm-hmm. what, I mean, so it's a really good ear to the ground in that regard. But then I work with people that are five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to hear what matters at those different points of time. Yeah. And if, if you have a, you know, a lookout and somebody's like, man, you know, I'm really starting to worry about this or like this is coming up a lot. If my friends are starting to all have this, you're like, that's going to be me in 10 years. Yeah. I should be thinking about that now and adjusting my behavior now. So you can avoid that. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, I always want to, like, regardless of how I look, I want people to think that I'm 10 or 20 years younger because of how I move through the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny, uh, like anytime I'm uh, at a bar or something, people always comment on how I sit on the stools. They're like, you sit so upright. <laughs> like, that's just always, I mean, like right now, I'm actually kind of slouching, yeah. speaking. But um, uh, similarly, just like ease of getting up and down, like uh, from standing, going to your knees without using your hands, things like that. It's like a lot of people can't really do those yeah. types of things. And they should be very simple movements to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just like anytime you want to know how kid, uh, how people should be able to move, go to a playground. I actually don't do this because it gets you in trouble. In way. But, <laughs> but like just watch little kids, like how they naturally move themselves through mm-hmm. the world when they're old enough that they can walk by themselves and, and explore mm-hmm. by themselves. But they're young enough that their movement hasn't been corrupted. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, little kids squat well. Uh, I mean, man, some of the most flexible, like, 
like my nephew, like he's little, he's like eight years old now. I mean, he, he turned to eight um, in April. But um, I remember once, like, this was last year, and it was cold outside. It was like January. And he's like on the porch, like doing cartwheels and stuff, like with like a t shirt on, yeah. like no jacket, t shirt on, doing cartwheels, his legs, doing this. And my sister was like, Aren't you cold? He was like, No, I'm not cold. And then my sister's like, Are you crazy? And I'm looking at him, I'm like, He's actually not cold right now. Cause I remember that was me as well. Like, I promise you, he's not hurting himself and he's not cold. Like, he's perfectly fine right now. He's having, like, he's at, like, he's by himself. Like, we had, like, three stairs from, um, like, near our porch. It was, like, three stairs up and then it's mm-hmm. our door. And he's, like, he would run and jump from, like, the third step all the way down, but he's jumping, like, 20 feet you know what i mean and yeah. but like he was laying like so low like like his knees were like almost like like tap his chest yeah he lands yeah. then he just pops right back up and do it again she's like aren't you cold don't hurt yourself and i'm like i'm i'm seeing him like race back and forth and i'm like i promise you like i tell him like i promise you he's fine like he's not cold he doesn't feel a thing he's his knees are okay like trust yeah. me she was like what do you mean? I'm like, cause I used to do the same exact shit. Like I used to, like being a kid, I used to climb fences a lot. Like I would hop over a fence. Like, like when I would play outside, cause we had a hoop at our um, at my old house. And then behind the hoop is a fence. Mm-hmm. Usually, if the ball went over the fence, I would just have to run from, let's say, this right here's the fence. I'd have to run from here to here. I would put my left foot on. And I'll hold on to the top and I'll just jump. And I would just literally leap over and just land. Like feet first just done. And then take the ball, throw it over, and I'm good. Yeah. And I mean, I'm thinking like, I can't do that shit now. <laughs> you know, like, I can't do that shit no more. You feel me? Like I gotta take a few steps on that fence and hold over and then climb the other side and hold on a way down. But as a kid, I used to just I used to just leap over that shit. And I'm thinking like, damn, I wish I could still do that shit. Well, it's, I mean, it, again, is use it and lose it. Like, yeah. if you if you were still doing that, you were hopping over your fence every day, you yeah. would be able to. Oh, right? yeah, like, I yeah, don't know. It, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just like when you're a kid and you're getting that capacity in the first place, you, yeah. you do it by doing it, but you build up to it. Yeah. And, I mean, so, like, to reclaim something, it's like, okay, we'll just pretend I'm, you know, a kid again and starting back at the beginning of the mm-hmm. Because that's, that's the biggest thing that I think it's in our way as adults from like learning anything new is uh, the expectation. I mean, it's like, you know what good looks like. And so you you start off mad that you're not there. Mm-hmm. But like, that's the learning process. Yeah. It's like everybody sucks at the beginning of something new. Yep. It doesn't matter who you are. And yeah, then, for sure. uh, you know, the learning process is different for everybody. And so the just allowing yourself to suck at things more and being totally fine with it yeah. is the only way to actually wind up being good at anything. Valid. Super valid. Now, before we wrap it up, um, do you have anything to say to the listeners? Any questions? Anything like that? Um, well, never stop exploring. For sure. Uh, that is a cliche, but cliches are things for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, ju- I mean, so especially when everybody was saying I was the happiest person they knew. And I mean, that would be like, 
probably an honest statement coming from them by, you know, based on what I knew of them. And, and but I felt like that, like it felt like an accurate description when, mm -hmm. when people said that. And at that time, one of my absolute favorite uh, phrases was the opposite of judgment is curiosity. Mm. Um, and the reason that ties in so much to, to, to that is when you really think about it, those are opposite ends of a seesaw, judgment yeah. and curiosity. Because mm -hmm. um, curiosity is saying, what more can I know about this thing? What more can I come to understand? And judgment is saying, I know enough and it's this mm. um, about anything. Yeah. And so if you start off anything and you're like, I already know enough about it. Well, you don't want to learn more about a thing that you already know enough about. So now it's wasted energy. So you're going to begrudge whatever you get into if you, um, but if you start the other way with like, oh, what more can be done with this or yeah. what more can be understood about this, mm -hmm. it, it like triggers uh the system that will allow you to become better at that, to learn more mm -hmm. about that, to like uh, get to know a person better, uh, any of that stuff. Um, like people don't do things they don't want to do. Yeah. How, do. How do you make it so you want to do a thing? Mm -hmm. Be curious about it. Valid. Um, is, how do you make it so you don't want to do a thing? Mm -hmm. Judge it. I'm not good at school. That's the judgment. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I mean, so you will never become one as long as that stays. Yeah. I mean, or become uh, good at that thing. Um, the, uh, you know, like at, when I was uh, younger and we used to go to the big city that was near us because uh, it was the closest thing to do. Uh, every time people are like, you're going to be shot when you go there. Mm. That's a judgment. Yeah. Um, and so they stayed in the small town and they had very like boring experiences from everything that I understood. Mm -hmm. um, but then I got to go, you know, explore and meet yeah. new people and, and, uh, and then, then I went looking for a bigger city mm -hmm. after that. And some of those people stayed in that small town. And uh, you know, now I've climbed skyscrapers in Hong Kong and they have stayed in that small town. Uh, and that that is simply because of a mental shortcut. Mm -hmm. um, that is one of those tricks, but it's a very self-defeating trick. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, it is as simple as which side of the seesaw am I sitting on, curiosity or judgment? You mm. only get one, and the longer you sit on it, the more it moves in that direction. Mm. Um, so that would probably be a thought that was very helpful to me that yeah. I would probably want to pass on to whoever is finding this helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was dope. Yeah, so pretty much y'all just stay curious, man. Um, is that it? Anything else you want to add? Uh well, I mean, I have all sorts of questions for you too. So hey, I'm, another, another I'm, I'm down to, to, I'm down to, to answer. All that, but, I'm um, down to answer whatever you want to ask, man. I love me some questions. Well, so, uh, so just a, a easy one first. Yeah. Uh, how long you said you were in uh, Taekwondo since you were little? Since I was about five years old. Since you were about five years old. Now you're 22. 22. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So, um, and just given the time frame, uh, uh, that was around here? Uh, yes. Like um, East Coast? Yeah, I, I've been doing Taekwondo in Brockton pretty much all my life. Um, started with JJ at the YMCA when I was probably like five years old. After that, um, I met my Taekwondo teacher, Mr. Rosa. Shout out Mr. Rosa. He's like, like the pit, like 
and I think of a technical teacher, the first person who comes to mind is is Mr. Rosa. He is he's the truth, man. But um, a very intelligent dude, and he's known me since I was five, six years old. So everything I know about taekwondo, every flaw I have about taekwondo, he knows. You know what I mean? He taught me everything I know right now. It's uh, it's you you lit up when mentioning him, kind yeah. of the way that I would think that I do when mentioning like. Uh, drill sergeant gomez number one yeah that's um, like he's like i i see him as like a second father figure you know what i mean like yeah. he is like that is a he's thing. The truth man uh i don't know well i mean so not everybody knows this but um especially for developing males yeah it is really important uh, in that developmental phase. Uh, so once you get past the where your dad is your best friend, there's this break point where you kind of deviate away from that and yeah. you look for another male role model who yeah. is not your dad. Yeah. And I mean, they've done all sorts of interesting studies uh, and they will continue to do studies on this. But um, successfully finding one of those can set you right in so many more ways yeah. than if you don't uh, find somebody to fill that effectively. Yeah. Um, so a, if you have a son, be looking for that role model, uh, when sure. they get to around that age, when they start hating yeah. you, uh, cause that's going to come and yeah. then B, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, a, if you're already a grown up and you have your stuff figured out, you know, try to be one of the, you know, pay it forward. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's just really like, uh, like I said, I could see it in your face when you're Dude, I love Taekwondo. I could literally talk about Taekwondo like all day. Like that, that's probably like the one thing I could talk about all day long is like Taekwondo stories, um, experiences, like things I've seen, things I've heard. Like I just be like infatuated with that. Shit. I just be like, well, like, I feel like a kid, like like a kid, like seeing like again, like as a kid, I used to watch. Jackie Chan, Bruce yeah. Lee, like my favorite movie as a kid, still now is Legend of the Drunken Master. Okay, with sure, Jackie sure. Chan, and um, the way Jackie Chan would move and the way he would fight, he did like, and like now that I'm thinking about it right now, it's kind of everything that you said. Like he would, he would have so much fun with it, even though he's fighting like seven, eight, nine people at all at the same time. You know what I mean? And he's like shit faced, but he's fighting. You know what I mean? And he's having fun. And then I'd be like, damn, that's cool. I want to do that. You know what I mean? So it's like, and then also my older brother did Taekwondo as well. And yeah, um, he was good. I'm better. But that conversation is <laughs> for another day. You yeah. feel me? Shout out Lee too. But um, he, um, yeah, because he's about five years older than me. And he started doing it around the time I was born, probably a little bit before I was born. So then, yeah. But um, so yeah, Taekwondo is my little thing. brothers. Yeah. My little brother did the same thing with skateboarding too. Really? You did to your brother. Yeah, I mean he's good and all, but he ain't me though. You yeah. Know what I mean? Well, no, it's the same thing. Like I was, I was fine, and yeah. then Ethan came along, and I was like, "Why? You just picked it yeah, up." Yeah, yeah. Like he's no, but, but like my brother is very. How do I explain it? He's very, like. Do you watch NBA? You watch. Basketball. I uh, I can't watch sports. I mean, for a number of reasons, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it just it's too much. Like anytime I'm watching sports, I'm watching the athletes, and I'm like, that guy's gonna bust his ACL. Mm -hmm. that guy, I mean, valid, so valid, different. valid. Okay, so there's this guy named Tim Duncan. Tim okay. Duncan is very his nick his nickname is Mister Fundamental. He's very gotcha. basic. Like if like 
if there's a move that requires one dribble, he's doing one dribble, and then he's going to that move. That's my older brother. He's very fundamental. He likes everything to be perfectly straight, formal, strong. I'm more free. Like, I like to be like, you know what? Like, if I'm sparring with this person, I'm going to throw a kick that I shouldn't even be throwing. Just because I know I can do it. You know what I mean? And, like, hopefully it hits. If it doesn't, whatever. I tried it. You know what I mean? He's more of the free guy. I mean, um, he's more of the very strict, serious, likes every form to be perfect. Every technique needs to be perfect. But he can't beat me. Just saying. But that conversation for another day. For another day, for sure. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, you're like the two different types of uh, there's there's something called the uh, the golden ratio mm-hmm. um, or the golden spiral, um, but it, it, I mean I'll try not to get into it uh, too far. But basically, there's uh, a spiral um, that's uh, kind of the the perfect proportion of growth, and uh, um, but uh, th- there's also a lot of uh, parallels with this. Uh, uh, spiral that's been discovered and, and how movement works in general. But basically, uh, while you have the spiral that forms, you also have this rectangle that forms uh, mm-hmm. around it. And uh, at at all of the observable points, uh, it, they intersect. So they mm-hmm. get to the same place by one is linear and formal and structured, yeah. and the other one is smooth and flowing. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's it's kind of the whole like, uh, intuition versus logic, the, yeah. uh, you know, left versus right uh, sure. brain, all of that kind of stuff. But it's, uh, it's funny to, because I think of everything, everything in terms of movement. Yeah. Um, and so even people, uh, you think of them in terms of movement because you can learn so much about people by the way they move. Yeah. Um, but even what you're just explaining that you're, uh, much more like you're the curve oriented and he's the linear oriented. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. But uh, what you've discovered is there can be efficiency in that spiral when you don't have to stop at every corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And, uh, so it's it's more in free form, but it allows for uh, efficiencies of creativity yeah. versus like uh, the other way might take a little bit longer, but you know where you're going. Yeah. You're getting from this point to that point. Yeah, no, but what um, Lethu is just that, um, oh yeah, that's his name, by the way, Lethu. And it's like um, him being so structured is what made him so good like he was so good not even trying to lie right now he was so good he was so the proper um way is white belt yellow belt orange green purple blue brown red black he probably skipped about four or five of those ranks he was like he's really good you know what i mean so he went from white yellow i think he skipped orange went to green i think he skipped purple went to blue brown red and then black like he skipped like but like every test he took was efficient like everything was damn near perfect and i'm just and me which kind of is kind of flipped i went like every single i feel like i should have but i went through every (laughs) single rink i went from white um to yellow to like then there's like the halves there's like um oh yeah they're like the half Straight. orange and then the orange and it's half green then it's green you know what i mean i went through everything and i hated that shit like yeah. i'm just like i'm not gonna lie i'm nice like i'm good why am i doing all this like this is taking twice as long as it should be taking you know what i mean yeah. but now nah, lethal was definitely um he was definitely good like 
But right now, like today, I'm I'm here and he's right here. Like we're like nice. neck and neck almost. But um, yeah, for sure. Is that like your only question, or do you got more, or like anything that you're curious about right now? Uh, well, so uh, now I'm really curious. Uh, <laughs> what what a I mean, especially since you're set back just a, a few years from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you see in your next ten? So within my next ten years, um, I was I was really just talking about uh, talking about this with my girlfriend last night. And um, the way I see it, it's kind of like when I think of stuff like that, I feel like I'm putting a limit on myself. Certainly. You know what I mean? Like, because I was talking to my friend about this like two years ago. And he was like, yo, like, I want to like, he said, yo, next five years, I plan on having like a nice car. I want to have my own apartment. Then I, then I told him like, why can't you have a house instead? You know what I mean? And then he was like, what you mean? I'm like, you say that you want a car and an apartment. Why can't you own your own house? Why can't you have two cars or three? Or why can't you have two homes instead of an apartment? You know what I mean? And then he was like, I never thought about it like that. And I'm, and then I told him right after, I'm like, I never thought about that either. You know what I mean? And um, I don't like to really put a limit or like kind of set that for myself yet because I feel like I'm still exploring. And I'm still kind of learning. So it's like people ask me about the podcast all the time. Like, um, how do you see the podcast in the next five years? I'm like, I don't even know where it will be next week. You know what I mean? So it's like um, I one thing that I do want for sure is just to learn more, learn and experience more. Those for sure is what I would and whether if it helps me or harms me, like I would still like to learn, you know what I mean, regardless. But um, as far as like specifics, I don't like to put a specific on that yet. No, that's a good, uh, well, A is a trick question. So yeah. That, I, mean, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, half the time I'll, I'll ask a question because I want to hear how it's answered. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and to the point that you made and, and you know, uh, you were kind of explaining it's like uh, to define something is to limit it. Yeah. Uh, you put parameters anytime you and, and so when you're like, oh, I I want my, you know, 10 years from now to look like this. Yeah. Well, now you're excluding everything that isn't that. Exactly. Um, and so what if there was something really amazing and you didn't know enough to aim at it? Because you'll be so um, focused on just this and one thing. So you might get exactly to that point, but you know, you missed out on on whatever else. Um but then obviously the opposite end of that spectrum is, well, if you don't aim at anything, you can't ever know. Where exactly. You're going. Exactly. Um, and so, it, you know, it's, it's like everything that uh, all the best things are, are like opposites. Yeah. Um, and it's all in every facet of life. It's a game of how can I find the balance? Mm-hmm. How can I balance the seesaw? Right Definitely. Um, Definitely, man. But uh but that's cool. I like hearing that much more than I would have liked to hear like, oh, well, in 10 years. I'm well, I want a house. house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want so. three kids. It's only three. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't like, oh, yeah. I don't really like doing that. I like, um, because like, I feel like, like, even though I don't feel young, I'm really young, bro. I'm only 22. Oh, absolutely. You feel I would me? call so that like, the first fifth of your life. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm only within like the first quarter of my life. So it's only like, and as far as learning, like, I'm only not even 10 years in of, like, actually learning things. Like, I don't really start, like, thinking about my choices until I'm, like, probably 14, 15. 
maybe even 16 is like when like that's when you really start to think about your choices your consequences and things of that nature so it's like that's interesting yeah like if you like i forgot where i heard that shit, but it was like um what you don't always think about your your uh choices when you're young like especially the first 10 12 years because like what you just do shit to do shit like i remember being a kid i'll do stupid shit and not even have an answer why yeah and, and and still now like that that happens to me all the time you know what i mean and it's like you're now i feel like you're or we are at an age like the from 18 to 24 25 we're kind of at an age where it's like if i do this some shit might happen you know what i mean like yeah. at a like anything probably younger than 17 16 you don't really think about the think about the what ifs or the parameters of everything else that can happen within your choices so now it's like yeah yeah that's that's funny i i, I never zeroed in on that uh or i mean i never thought to zero in on mm -hmm. that. Like, when did i when do i feel like i started making choices yeah um or in, intentional just intentional uh, decisions, decisions yeah and yeah is that 14 15 16 or at least that's like like you think back to uh um you're like I mean, if you ask anybody, like, when was one of the first, like, big decisions you made for yourself? I bet you anything it would fall within that category. Yeah, for sure. But, Definitely um, within that age. So then if not, uh, if not, well, what's your plan for the next 10 years? Uh, what about, uh, uh, like, pit stops or, or certain things that you are stoked to be aiming at uh, in the near future? Either uh, Just within life? Uh, yeah. So we'll say maybe... Um, any uh any not necessarily travel but like uh like a, an excursion of mm -hmm. any sort that you have uh planned mm -hmm. um and then uh anything in kind of the the normal parameters of of you know progressing as a human that yeah. you're like excited for any of those benchmarks uh and we'll maybe throw in a third category for balance uh, so we'll say uh, excursion, primary uh, bullet points of life, yeah. and then like anything uh, outlier that you're like, oh, I just really want to do this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll start with primary first. Uh, primary for me would be self-care. And I say self-care, not on like a lot of people think of self-care, like, oh, self-love is the best love, things of that nature. But it's like actually caring for myself actually being like you deserve to like do this put yourself here for a little bit you know what i mean like you've been doing this for nine months let's take a few like take a month off and actually like care about yourself because you've been thinking about this you've been trying to pay this off you've been trying to handle yeah. this situation so let's try to reel in on what you're actually going through and what you actually need to let out no matter who's hearing you but like I can hear myself, you know what I mean? So I'd rather, um, that's definitely something that I look forward to. Um, things that I want to do just because, just traveling, exploring. Um, I've been wanting to skydive for so long. <laughs> I've been trying to tell my girlfriend, um, I want to skydive. Like, I don't know why, like, I think skydiving for me is kind of like, and I tell people this, they're like, isn't that so scary? I'm like, how long are you really scared for though? You know what I mean? Like, like you can't scream the whole way down. Like, and be like, oh my god, I'm so scared. Like, at some point, you're gonna have to like take a step back while you're like flying or falling, I guess, 
and you're just like, wow, this looks good. You know what I mean? Like, this looks really cool because I've never seen anything like while looking down. Like, everything I've seen that, that looks pretty is as I'm looking up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, I do. You, yeah. yeah, so it's like every skyscraper I've seen or any sunset or sunrise, I'm like, I'm always like this. I'm like, wow, that looks nice. You know oh, what I mean? Man. I'm never I, like, wow, that looks, you know what I mean? <laughs> so after, like, after we close off the recording stuff, I have an idea for you. <laughs> I um, would. But yeah. Yeah, that, I do know what you mean. And yeah. Then, uh, man, you need roof down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, uh, I'll, that, that wasn't my idea. I'll, I'll tell you afterwards yeah. uh, for a good reason. But, um, but yeah, I do know that. And yeah. uh, I, so, one of the other paradigms that I've explained and, and uh, to a lot of the people that I work with, yeah. uh, with friends, and that for myself has been so like super helpful uh, through my life is um, if you think of yourself as basically you always have a hand on zoom in and zoom out. Yeah. And so if, you know, if ever something like, oh, I really don't care enough about that, zoom in more. Like if you zoom in close enough, that thing will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is. Um, if something is like overwhelming insurmount, zoom out, if mm. like whatever it is, zoom out further. As soon as it, you make it smaller by zooming out, you're like, Oh, okay. No, you it's start not. to see more other things. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, the, it's not only knowing that you have those dials, but if you can physically zoom in, zoom out as often as possible, that really locks that in mm -hmm. and makes you understand that. Yeah. So me, like anytime I'm in the woods, I'm looking at little bugs and mushrooms and stuff like that. And it, that's why I made that anecdote about the, the ant. I've done that so it many was, times where yeah. I'm like looking, you know, <laughs> at face level with yeah. ants. And that's why I do the uh, the rooftoping. Like you zoom the hell out. Yeah. And I mean, especially on your pictures, I, like everything is literally zoomed out. And I'm like, yo, you can damn near see the whole city. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, yeah. But it's such an important, and, and so like I didn't, you know, I, I got the ability to do it because a lot of the times uh, in, in society, people don't want everybody else to be able to zoom out. Mm. Like anybody in power wants everybody else to be under their level yeah. of zoom. Mm -hmm. um, and they physically do that by making high rises. Um, so the way that they can stay on top of you is by physically yeah. being above you. Um, and, uh, what's interesting is doing this, I just circumvented that whole game. Mm -hmm. Um, like, no, I'm going to zoom out anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've earned, but I mean, not money or any of these other games that other people have, yeah. but I have earned by actual capacity, the ability to zoom out. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't like cities for the most part yeah. uh, for, for a number of reasons, but I can really appreciate them when I zoom out enough. Yeah. And so I'll go into a city to get on top of it so that I can appreciate it effectively. And That's then I'll right. come back down and I like all the little things inside. I like all the people a lot more. Makes sense. Yeah. Like um, that's kind of, yeah. Cause like back to what I said about like the whole, like looking up and seeing everything. It's like, I, I like scenic like areas, mm. like after work, Boston is beautiful at night. So it's like I used to take the train to work and it's like I literally have a picture of like the skyline. I'll show you. And it's like the sunset was right behind the skyline and it was just 
beautiful. And I took a picture. I'm like, wow, that's nice. And then it's like, like again, like every other cool scenic moment I have is always this. You know what I mean? I'm always like my my head is always looking up, and I and I've never been like, wow, that is sick. You know, feel me? So like, I would like to just look down more on things, not like in a negative standpoint, but like, no, yeah, yeah. I, in a, I mean, it, it's good to do both. So yeah, mm -hmm. you should definitely. Um, he said, "You need some move topic." <laughs> well, uh, uh, something of that equivalent is figure, uh, and and I mean, I would I would give that same like advice to anybody really is like figure out the ways to physically zoom in. I mean, to physically zoom in and zoom out. Mm -hmm. And the more that you can do that on a more consistent basis, just the better you're going to be with those controls of emotionally zooming in and out mm -hmm. when you need to. Um, Definitely. And, uh, and then that all helps with uh, being happy all the time. Yeah. Self-care. <laughs> definitely. Um, definitely. Like that. Uh, so that was... Uh, uh, we've got our, our life thing and we have our, uh, uh, other, yeah. um, and then the other one was, uh, particular excursions mm -hmm. or, I mean, like missions, let's call them missions. Okay. Yeah, for so, sure. Um, after I started the podcast, a main mission was making this podcast, a main podcast in mass. I caught myself the other day at work. I don't know why, but I was like, um, most known podcast in Massachusetts, right? And I'm looking at these podcasts and it's like, and I'm like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, and, and, and then I start thinking like, what are they talking about that I'm not talking about? Why are they popular that I'm not, you know what I mean? And um, I'm so competitive. <laughs> I'm a very competitive person. like. Everything doesn't have to be win or lose, but I hate losing. Like I just hate it so much. Like I was playing ball recently, and I and like we lost a few games, and it like it's it ticked me off so bad, and I'm just like sitting there with my head down, like I really hate losing. You know what I mean? No matter how much I try and we lose, I'm like yo, I hate this shit. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I'll probably say making this podcast. Um, more well-known, more of something to talk about. Cause it's like, I catch myself talking about other people's podcasts that are already solidified, the Joe Rogan's, the, the Norries. And then I'm like, I kind of stop myself. I'm like, I don't want to talk about their podcast right now. Like, like shit, I want to talk about mine. You feel me? Like, yeah. stop. You feel me? Like, cause he like, he's literally like Joe Rogan's podcast is literally the, the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I looked it up stats wise. It's it's untouchable. So I'm just like I don't want to like talk about that if it's if it's already like number one. It's it's up there for a reason because of talks like this. You know what yeah. I mean. So um, I kind of want to make mine, even if it's in a smaller state. I want to make mine at least like on that list, and then we can talk about the 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 zooming out you know what i mean but i want to just zoom in on on mass for now you know what i mean as you know that's a good one yeah uh, for sure for sure and definitely doable too i mean the, the nice doable. thing is uh you know w because there are other examples you just you have data to dissect yeah so i mean like the the cool thing about uh the joe rogan's is like you can you can 
put on a timeline, you know, when was it created? Uh, and then when was it, uh, when did it really yeah. like shift? What happened? What were those couple of podcasts mm -hmm. at that point? Yeah. Um, and then like really dissect those conversations. Yeah. Like what made these the like pivot point? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, and then just looking at the arc overall and saying, you know, it went from maybe kind of niche and uh, him being more like this to, well, he started talking to more and more different types of people, getting yeah. different types of input and became a much more dynamic host as a result. It's like he, he evolved through that process. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing that's so great about podcasting in general is um as the person who's doing it you're really setting yourself up for becoming way wiser than a lot of people yeah around you. that's the thing too it's like that's why i like talking to different people and it's like um lately i've been because it's hard to talk about certain talents especially from from around here when most of the talents are in the same field sure you know it's kind of hard to have different conversations now the different conversations kind of go as far as um life experiences like, what did you experience that that probably this person didn't experience? And what can you teach me that this person didn't teach me or teach whoever's tuning in right now? You know what I mean? So that's kind of um, that's what I I see after after I leave like certain interviews or certain episodes. Or I'm like, damn, like, I feel like I'm being repetitive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the way I see that is kind of like lifting weights. Like if you lift 25, like if you've just started lifting weights and you lift like 25s, it'll get easier the more you do it. And then after a certain amount of time, it won't help you at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why it's kind of like, um, that's why I'm trying to tap in with just different fields of people, like anybody at this point. Cause it's like, I don't want to ask the same question, but I also love, um, doing these episodes because it's like it's not only for me it's kind of helping you excel in your field as well you know what i mean so it's kind of it, it's it, the way i see it it's a win-win kind of yeah so uh, yeah yeah that definitely uh well i mean and that's smart to do it that way too it's like if if you know at at face value there's something useful for yeah. both people mm -hmm. then uh uh neither has to worry like am i being taken a, yeah exactly exactly um but uh yeah it, it's um it's a really good thing to to be into especially as a as a countermeasure to nowadays mm -hmm. when like everything is just uh attention spans are shorter mm -hmm. conversations in general are yeah. are just so quick shallow yeah. um that you know this is kind of like a you know moving in the opposite direction like yeah, how can sure. how can i have deeper conversations for on sure. a regular basis because sure. that deeper conversations are what help you grow as a person yeah for sure definitely um, it's like uh, that uh that phrase it's like uh the the hard things in life are what shape you not the easy things mm -hmm. um, the, the trials we endure make us what we are yeah um and uh, similarly, it's like the the thoughtful and the deeper conversations, those are the things that are going to impact you, not the like, how's the weather today? Oh, yeah, especially if you actually care, because it's like the way I see conversations is like, I never have a conversation and then I just keep, especially if it's a good long talk 
and then I just leave and think about, oh, I'm hungry. Like, no, like I have conversations and then I start, I start thinking about what was said and what I also heard. And then I also think like, shit, I should have asked him this instead. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like that type of person where it's like, if you're like arguing with someone and then you have a valid point after the argument, oh. you're like, ah, shit, I should have said this. You feel like that's, that's like me. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm always thinking about, even after it's over, I'm always thinking about what else I could have said or anything of that nature to kind of help that situation. So yeah, that's definitely, um, yeah, that that's why I'm trying to have as much conversations with different people as possible. For sure. Good thought. Well, I, I like, uh, you know, especially if I, any anything I do where I really want to dissect it afterwards, mm -hmm. I try to position it before like a drive mm -hmm. uh, or sometime where I know I can be occupied doing something mm -hmm. and then have it be quiet so mm -hmm. I can just think. Yeah. So like the, the thing I love about this conversation, now I get to drive home afterwards. So I'm not even going to turn on the music in my car. I'm just going to drive then I can break it down. Yeah. Um, I'm the same as like, I catch myself doing that all the time. Like I would drive from my work to my, to my house. And it's probably like with traffic, sometimes over an hour. And here's what I found. Siri, if you don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I would think like, and like, I would have no music playing and I'll just start thinking. And then I get home and I'm like, I really didn't play music that whole time. And I'm a music fanatic. Like, I love me some music. But I'd be thinking, I'm like, wow, I was just thinking that whole drive. You know what I mean? And it's kind of a little bit more peaceful that way. Yeah. Way yeah. more peaceful. Well, I'll say, I mean, uh, so you might not have experienced this as much um, just because of context. Mm -hmm. um, like, I had a lot of growing up where phones didn't exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the way uh, smartphones, cell phones, all of that. Like I didn't have my first cell phone until I was a junior in high school. Me too. Um, and uh, well, I mean, so so then you probably do have this context yeah. then. Like there was time, I mean, like you you had so much more alone time or, or time to yourself, time mm -hmm. with your own thoughts. That, I mean, where like you're in your room by yourself and there wasn't, I mean, uh, maybe you have Legos or a video game or whatever. And, um, but like, I remember times where we just like lay in the grass, look up at the clouds, yeah. um, stupid stuff like that. But those are negative space moments. Mm -hmm. And like, we can't like our brains uh, as, as you see in all facets of society, when it is only input, 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 and then you go to sleep and then you wake up and then input, 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 yeah. input, you don't process or digest. It's like if you ate all day long and never stopped to digest, you really wreck your digestive yeah. system. Um, and it's, it's so much the same, like when you have a really intense input or a lot of input and you don't give yourself that negative space afterwards, mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the biggest offenses of all things smartphone is they've stolen every ounce of negative space that any human being has. Because mm -hmm. the second somebody feels any agitation, grab their phone. Mm -hmm. Like, to let me yeah. let me satisfy, not let me sit with myself. Mm -hmm. And so, if I mean, like, uh, like a while ago, I said, no music in cars. You can't, anytime you're in a car, it's got to be quiet. Because mm -hmm. um, that's mandatory negative space time. Mm -hmm. um, and like that, but like you kind of have no choice but to think. Well, yeah, it's uh, yeah. and all of a sudden uh, you're a way better driver. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, 
you know, at, at first you're like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you have that initial agitation, but then eventually you, I mean, like when I got to the point where I'm like, all right, you can have music back. I'm like, I don't want it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Right now, it's like I've been here for, I don't know, an hour now. Like, there's no point. You know, what I mean, like yeah. I'm fine now. Like, I'm good yeah. now, for sure. I definitely understand that. But um, that wraps up this episode. Of t- Wait, before uh, do you have any more questions? Or anything of that nature? I think that's good for now. That's good. If nothing else, there needs to be a second one. I wear cool. <laughs> All right. Um, that wraps up this episode of Talent the Raw, man. Uh, y'all keep on tuning in. Um, I appreciate you guys hitting me up. Appreciate you guys listening every week, every two weeks. It means a lot for real. And um, this was a good episode. I, I I love this episode for real. Like I love it <laughs> for real. But um, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, find me on all major platforms, and I will talk to you guys, quote unquote, on the next episode. See y'all, man. <laughs>